Hey everybody and welcome to What Have We Been Watching. Today we're going to be talking about our top 10 favourite musicals of all time and we're also going to do a review of West Side Story and Tick Tick Boom. But in saying that, we recorded most of this podcast a month ago. We had some technical difficulties, so we preview shows that we've already done, but it was a really good conversation and we thought that we'll uh, savage it and release what we can and our special guest Megan Leonard was on as well and yeah, it was a really entertaining show. No, let off. What do you think? Yep, it was very entertaining, so let's get into it. Awesome, sweet. So this is uh, our top 10 musicals of all time. As I said, some of it was filmed in early December. We recorded the rest in early January, um, but hopefully these tech issues don't happen again, and enjoy the show. Let's get to our top 10 musicals of all time. Hey everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of What Have We Been Watching, a weekly movie podcast where we deep dive into your favourite movie topics and then rank them. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. It is December. And that means in a couple of weeks, me and Oleta will be counting down our top 10 movies of 2021. So big couple of weeks coming up. We're also ranking the Spider-Man movies next week with a special guest. But we've got a big show today as well. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Noletta Mean. Nolsey, how are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm just really excited to get into this podcast. It's been a topic that I've been waiting for for a very long time. Why don't you tell them what it's about? What is okay. it? What are we talking about today? So this week we are ranking our 10 favorite movie musicals of all time. And it's going to be pretty exciting. I know I've watched a lot of musicals in my time. But uh, Westy has watched very little. So. I've watched some musicals. I'm a fan of the genre. All right? I just haven't watched a huge amount, and especially live in stage. But obviously today is going to be about movie musicals, not the yep. the live, yep. in-person performance theatre. in honour of it, I'm sitting here in my Hamilton jumper because, you know, just to go with the theme. But um, this week we are also joined by a very special guest. Um, someone that I've done theatre with for a very long time, who is also a very big fan of musicals in general as well as movie musicals, and that is Megan. Hi. <laughs> How are you, Megan? Are you excited to be here? I am. I'm very excited. Thank you so much for having me. This is my number one podcast on my Wrapped 2021 at Spotify, <laughs> so what a way to end the year. Better luck next year, Steve's <laughs> NRL pretty kids. Uh, but it's all right. I'll forgive you. <laughs> Because this show is more important. <laughs> no, I'm really excited for this category. Um, I absolutely love musicals. So it was very hard. It was very difficult to get 10, only 10. Yeah, That's, it was. That was difficult. <laughs> so we're, we're happy to have you. Uh, long time listener, first time caller, but welcome to the show anyway. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about musicals. And as you said, Noletta, you've both got a lot of experience in the genre. You've done, you know, you've been in musicals yourself before. You watch a lot of musical movies. What should we expect on here? How was, did you guys watch many musicals before we got into this list? Did you go back and revisit some that you hadn't seen in a while? Did you watch some new ones? Yeah, um, I definitely revisited some of my childhood favourites um, to see, because I was like, oh, I think that would, that would be in my list, but I'm not 100% sure. So I went back and rewatched, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is, this is it. But um, yeah, and then... I mean, other than that, I'm pretty set on what a lot of my favourite musicals were anyway because I've watched them probably like 50 million times. So. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm the same with you. Yeah. Yeah, so I revisited only a few. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have to rewatch many at all because I've watched them all the time. So <laughs> it's not something that I need to rewatch. It's just part of your life at this point. It's yeah, just, yeah, a, it's just a, yeah, it's a daily thing. <laughs> 
Well, I did watch, I did discover some new musicals. I already had a top 10 before I started watching some, despite not what it says. I've actually have seen musicals before. Um, I still don't know how Footloose doesn't cl- classify as a musical. I know that no one sings the music, but you talk about just one of the greatest albums of all time. It's a dance movie. Footloose should be in the conversation. But regardless, I did watch Tick, Tick, Boo for the first time, which we're going to review at the end of this show or when it comes up on someone's list. We're going to talk non-spoilers, maybe spoilers. We'll see how we go, but it did release a couple of weeks ago, and that is why we're doing the list today, as well as the upcoming release of West Side Story, which this week, all the reviews came out from America. It's out in America now, Very or about positive. to come out in America. And yeah, some crazy reactions. Some people think it's superior to the original, which is a massive core, yeah. considering the original is considered to be you know, a, a masterpiece in, in filmmaking. So... That comes out Boxing Day in Australia. We're excited for that. But let's get into our top 10 musicals of all time. And Noletta, why don't you tell the folks how the show works? Okay, so with this list, we're going to obviously, each of us going to do 10. Um, we're going to go 10 to 8, then 7 to 5, 4 to, 4 to 2, and then our number 1s. Um, if someone has that musical in the same portion, so like say if I have a musical at number 10 and Megan has it at number 8, then we'll talk about it then. If Megan has that at number 1, then obviously we'll wait till we get to that point. And yeah, that's about it. So I guess <laughs> we'll get started. And how, who should who should kick us off, Nolan? What do you reckon the order should be? We haven't discussed this before the show, but... We've got our special guest here, Megan. Do we put her, you know, in the middle? Do we put her last? Do we start with Megan? What do you guys think? How I think we... we'll start with you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah. All right, cool. So me and then... And then we can go Megan and then me. No, yeah. last. Sweet. Yeah. No worries. All right, let's get into our 10 to 8 top musicals of all time. All right, let's get into my number 10 to start our top 10 musicals of all time. And you guys talked about how you've had favourite musicals growing up and you've rewatched them a lot of times. Now, this... Might not necessarily be the most critically acclaimed movie of all time, but it's one of my favourites. I was really tossing up between to put the, whether to put the original or the sequel in. I've gone the sequel because I like the message a little bit better. But my number 10, and I don't want any negative reactions <laughs> right now, my number 10 is Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. That's my number 10 <laughs> musical of all time. Now, this movie, you got, you got to say something? Yeah, it's not on my, not on no, my not list. No, not on your list. Yeah, no, no, okay. no, no, I didn't no. assume it was. But <laughs> I don't even actually think I've ever seen this movie, to oh, be that's honest. That's your mistake so, in life. Um, yeah. But hey, that's... Definitely number one. Yeah. Don't know about two. So I was really tossing up, as I said, whether to put one or two on this list. Number one, probably the better movie out of the two in terms of, yeah, just a, well, a, a well-made movie. It's probably superior to the sequel but the second one will be Goldberg's back as uh, Dolores who's the nun who's in the first one she was a showgirl that kind of got kind of went into hiding because she was on the run because uh, some gangsters were trying to kill her so she comes she joins the she joins the church she becomes a nun and in the and you know it's a great time that first movie there's some classic moments some classic song in the sequel she's back with the sisters Mary's uh, both of them one played by Kathy Najani who's great in the role and the other one by Wendy McKenna. They're back with uh, Maggie Smith, who's kind of the strict nun. And Dolores has been given a new mission, basically, and that is to teach music to a group of Catholic students whose rundown school is um, going to get closed, basically. And they're in a bad part of town. Dolores has to come in and, and try to, you know, restore these kids' futures and their faith in music. And it's a really, really fun movie. Um, kickstarted the career of a couple of famous uh artists and actors uh lauren hill is the the main um 
the main kind of musical talent of the class. She's there with uh, Ryan Toby, who uh, would, go, would go on to make some music as well. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is got a very minor, she's just one of the students in the class in this movie that's kickstarted her career as well. Got a notice for some of these talent agencies. And really, it's just a fun ride. I mean, you talk about fun in musicals, Wolby Goldberg, telling jokes, having some great performances. Like in the original, you had, you know, My God and, and Maria. In this movie, you've got more of that. And then it comes to an epic conclusion where one of the best songs I've seen in a musical ends this movie, and that's Joyful Joyful, which is performed by Lauren Hill and Ryan Toby, who I believe Ryan Toby actually wrote this as well. But what are your thoughts on Sister Act? Have you guys seen Sister Act 2? No. Okay, really. <laughs> but I have heard uh, yeah. it is one of the better of the Sister Acts. Yeah. Well, there's only two of them, so yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I've, like, I don't know, I've just never been interested in those movies even though they're like iconic that's the same with me yeah. like which is weird yeah for us let's just watch this and yeah. we have it we didn't think this was going to happen on the list no we didn't but um it's yeah. just a crowd pleaser it's a, it's, a, it's a feel good movie and i just yeah even like james coburn's in this stuff the the western styles from the 60s um yeah it's just a great movie from from start to end, and I, yeah, I just enjoy it every time I watch it. It's got a good message. It's classic Disney where you've got that cheese in some of the dialogue and, yeah. you know, the family kind of style. I but mean, that's what you want from musicals as well. Exactly. It's just a fun, uplifting movie, and it's personal pick, and that's why it's my number 10. So Fair enough. I'm glad you didn't you didn't pick it apart too much. <laughs> it's probably because you haven't seen it. No. <laughs> All right. We're going to my number nine now, and this may be on one of your lists, if not both of yours, perhaps. It's the 2018 A Star Is Born. It was very close to being on the list. Yeah, it's not on my list. Um, but definitely, definitely a great movie. Well, this was... So I haven't seen the 80s or the 50s adaptions of this movie, and I wanted to watch the Judy Garland one because it's so famous before we record this podcast. But it's been really busy and didn't really have time with, you know, it's December and Christmas is coming up. But when I saw this back in the cinema back in 2018, I think I saw it review, not letter, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first day it came out, I was just blown away by the story... Um, obviously, it's you know it's an iconic tale now, but uh, a famous musician Jack, who's played by Bradley Cooper, uh, helps a young singer you know find fame while his life starts to unravel because of alcoholism and you know he's an alcoholic and kind of everything spirals out of control during the course of this movie. While Lady Gaga finds you know new heights of fame and pretty much becomes the you know most famous artist in the world, and you know she's at the Oscars and the the Emmys and the Grammys and and all those musical ceremonies. It's just that I was enthralled by the story. I think that Bradley Cooper plays an alcoholic better than I've ever seen anyone playing an alcoholic on screen, perhaps other than maybe Nicolas Cage, who's got, got an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas. But um, it was a worthy, both of them were worthy Academy Award nominees. Sam Elliott's great as Jack's brother. And really the whole cast performs. The songs are kind of hit and miss for me, like Shallow is obviously the highlight. There's not too many memorable songs of this movie, but the performances and the story is really what drove me to put this on the list. It's not one that I've really revisited much, but with the fame that this movie got and you know Shallow being such a successful song, I think that it's going to stay in the mainstream for a very long time, this movie. I mean, it's going to be a movie and a musical that's remembered. And um, as I said, if we're talking acting and the quality of performance in, these in all these movies... A Star Is Born might have some of the best in any musical ever. So that's why it's my number nine. I think this movie is definitely going to be remembered because of like Lady Gaga's and Bradley Cooper's chemistry in this movie. Like amazing. they were just yeah. absolutely yeah. incredible. And I mean that's that when they were singing the song at the Oscars, like 
not in the movie itself, but after, like, when it was yeah, up, live. nominated yeah, yeah. live, that, like, to me was just iconic because you could just see that they still kind of had that chemistry and even brought up all these cheating rumours and everything because of the chemistry these two people had with each other. So I think that's just something, like... You don't see chemistry on screen no, often not, like that. not as much anymore. Like, that's something that was around back in, like, the heyday of, like the like the 50s and 60s and stuff like that but it's not something that you see that much now obviously this movie's been made remade multiple times as well but it has that golden age feel mm, to it as well it does, kind yeah. of a timeless yeah. tale uh feels like the golden era of cinema what do you think me you know, um, when you watch this one yeah i i absolutely love this movie um it was actually on my honorable list that i do want to mention because i do absolutely loved it like i actually really love the soundtrack mm. i know every song on the soundtrack i so I love this movie. Um, it just didn't get to my top 10, but definitely it's such a great movie. It's a tough list to make. <laughs> All right. It is. So I'm zero from two. Let's see how we, we go with the third. I think this one might be on at least one of your lists, and that is my number eight is the, I believe it was 2016's The Greatest Showman. It's mm. on my list. Not is on my it list. in this section, 10 to 8, or is no, it higher? It's, it's higher. All right, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Look at that. I've got a movie that's in common with you. It's about time. <laughs> Not with no weather, but with you, Megan. So it's all right. Uh, all right. Speaking of which, Megan, let's get to your number 10. Okay, number 10. Um, so, again, it's such a hard list, but going off it's one of the one of the greatest musicals ever is The Moulin Rouge. That's actually my number 10 as well. Oh. <laughs> we knew this would happen Look at that. somewhere. <laughs> I watched it for the first time before we record this list, but it didn't make the top 10, but I enjoyed the movie. So. Yeah. So this is pretty much like a jukebox musical. Yeah. Um, so many, the soundtrack is just amazing. But the, the movie itself is just so high energy. The lighting, the movement, the camera work, it's just... It's a wild ride. There's never a dull moment about this movie. So, um, let's bring up my notes. So, so yeah, you can, you can go in a letter. So, pretty much, like, this is from Baz Luhrmann, which, um, before this was kind of famous for Strictly Ballroom. Yeah. Um, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. And then, obviously, after you got The Great Gatsby, things like this. And, I mean... Great movie. This is just a very, very Baz Luhrmann kind of film. Yeah. Um, it stars Owen McGregor as Christian and Nicole Kidman as Satine. Um, basically, it's set in like the start of like well the start of the nineteen hundreds, the end yep. of the eighteen hundreds, and they're kind of like Bohemia, and it's obviously based around the Moulin Rouge in France. Um, but like. You've, it's essentially this movie is just a love story. A love story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, from what I've heard, like read, it's kind of like a take on the um, Greek mythology of um, Eurydice and Orpheus, which is a, st- a, st- a tale that I love because I love my Greek mythology, as I've mentioned a million times on here before. But um, just the characters, the the dance numbers, like. This movie is just so much it's fun so and much it's fun, what yeah. a musical should be. Yeah, it's just high energy and it's just, yeah, you cannot have a bad time watching this movie. No. Not if, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, number 10. <laughs> what What were your thoughts on this movie? This didn't make your list. Well, I really liked it when I watched it. I 
knowing, I kind of knew what to expect in terms of Baz Luhrmann because he's got a very stylistic approach to his movies. But in saying that, something like The Great Gatsby and, and parts of Romeo and Juliet as well. I think I've only seen Romeo and Juliet once and that was in high school. But by memory, that movie as well. The start of his movies always, for me, seemed to be style over substance to the point when I tried to watch this movie, I was almost done after 20 minutes because they have the big, um, you know stylistic kind of performances at the start, but there's not much happening plot-wise. And I'm like, when is this movie going to start kicking into high gear? I had the same problem with Great Gatsby. I hope I don't have the same problem with Elvis when it comes out next year as well, because he's directing that. And obviously I'm very excited for that movie, being a big Elvis Presley fan. But at the start of this movie, I thought, okay, when's it going to kick into high gear? As soon as Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor meet, that's when it kicks into high gear. Their chemistry is great. Really really think it carries the film. Both that have really good performances. I think Jim Broadbent is actually the best performance of this yeah. movie. He carries the movie That's as well as yeah. you know the, the manager of the Moulin Rouge. And I just had a really good time watching it, but it's not for everyone. It's yeah. oh, it, definitely not. not at all. And and even for someone that was open and knew what to expect heading into it, Baz Luhrmann, I found myself struggling in that first half an hour until we really get to the love story. And that's when I really start enjoying the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out as well to I believe it's called The Elephant Melody where they kind of mix all kind of modern music and and classical story and love songs into each other like All You Need Is Love and a bunch of those songs and uh, I think that was the highlight of the movie I wasn't fully convinced by the villain I I didn't think it was yeah I wasn't yeah the Duke I wasn't fully into it I didn't think he was a, a, a massive threat yeah. To, to the relationship I didn't really buy that part of the movie but overall I think that the, the high energy as you guys mentioned and the strength of the chemistry between these two leaders I think is great carries the movie and I had a good time watching it yeah um, like one thing like I'd say so when this movie came out it was kind of like at that I was at that age where like I was obviously still doing theatre I think I was like 10 or 11 when it came out I'm massively into music musical theatre at that age I was performing at Ruth Theatre, doing all these fun things. And every single theatre girl was obsessed with this movie. Like, Come What May was, like, probably the Stedford song for, like, five years running until Wicked took it over, basically. (laughs) So, like, this movie was absolutely huge in the theatre world, like, absolutely massive. And funny enough, because it was so big, I was like, I really don't want to watch this. Like, everyone else is talking about this. And I was like, no, I'm not going to watch this movie. And then I finally watched it, and I was like, okay. I, I see it. what everyone's going on about now. <laughs> I'll also say as well that it really leads into the finale well during the live performance. Mm. I think that is executed really well, talking about how it kind of leads into this dramatic climax of the movie, which is which I really enjoyed that part of it. So, yeah, I liked Moulin Rouge. It just didn't beat Sister Act 2 for me. I don't know what <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. It's your list. It's my list. It's my personal taste. <laughs> And you guys haven't seen the movie, so you should no, go no, and watch it. Enough. You owe yourself. We'll, yeah, we'll have to don't do it one now. of these things, don't let up. might be our number 10. We don't do one of these things where you're like, I'm, I should check that out, then you never watch it. You're like, who's Kevin Costner? Hey, sometimes, you know? I, I, when I get to it, all right, I'll get to right. those Kevin Costner movies so one day. Another problem. All right, Megan, what's your number nine? My number nine um, is another, another great classic um, musical is Chicago. Not on my list. Not on your list. No. I haven't seen this movie, so ah. it's not on my list either. All right. So, um, well, it was released in 2002, so it's this, this, this is the year after um, Moulin Rouge. So this is like the next sort of big craze of the mm. music, um, musical movie world. 
Um, I really loved it. Um, so Renee Selweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones. So it's about um, Roxy Hart who pretty much murdered her lover and went to jail. And so did um, and Catherine Zeta-Jones is also um, locked up um, from a crime that she committed. Um, but it's just, so the musical is just the songs, how they perform it. It's, they just sort of disattach the, the movie, but then also wind them back in. So like, I really love Mrs. Cellophane, one of the great movie, like, songs of the movie. Um, and yeah, I just really love it. Um, it's a musical that I've watched multiple, multiple times and I can never seem to get enough of it. So, yeah. um, well, I guess me being the only other person here <laughs> that's seen it, um, I I think the problem is, once again, like Moulin Rouge, like growing up in the theatre world, a lot of people talked about this movie too much. Yep. And I just kind of got a little bit over it. Um, it's not my style of musical either, which you'll probably see a bit as we go through this list. Um I'm mostly enjoy kind of like the more fun sort of not the darker stuff mostly yeah, yeah. Um, but like still it, this is a great movie like Renee Zellweger um, Catherine Zeta-Jones Richard Gere, Richard Gere John yeah. C. Riley, like yeah. they are absolutely phenomenal in this movie and like John C. Riley was kind of like a nobody at this point like I think after this he did Step Brothers and then he like had his own like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which is like a, another really great mu- musical that I don't know if that's in, on anyone's <laughs> list, but it was, that's worth watching. Um, but like, it kind of really shot him to to stardom, really. Like, and it's just it is it, like the Cell Block Tango Tango is obviously the most famous out yeah. of everything, um, and I mean it's done it's been done. A million times and then you've got all that jazz like yeah but yeah it's it's a great movie but it's just obviously not just outside of my top 10 <laughs> well someone that hasn't seen the movie megan really raises a good point in terms of moulin rouge really kind of helps kickstart this new wave of musicals mm. and kind of re-emergence into you know critical reception and to the point where chicago won best picture which mm. i think we should note as well which i haven't yeah. seen the movie one best picture Catherine zeta jones wins best actress so it really yep. kind of repopulizes the movie musical and it was obviously very influential as someone that hasn't seen the movie even i know how famous and how iconic and i've seen the scene of, of cell block tango and you know it's it's something that has li- has stood the test of time for twenty years, and you know I think deserves more credit for really being a bit of a pre- predecessor to all these famous musicals that we've seen in the last twenty years that have come out on film. Yeah, that's yeah. probably true actually, because like when you think about it, actually even looking back at my list, looking at the years, um, the eighties and nineties kind of really had a very big lull in terms of of the musicals that were coming out and then yeah like the 2000s it's really kick-started them all sort of back into gear which felt like good. they kind of went for a bit of a, a dance kind of like that footloose yeah, and dirty yeah, dancing and all right, these yeah. sort of movies yeah. as well staying alive and uh, saturday yeah. night fever obviously yeah. so they kind of went through that phase in hollywood and it yeah. wasn't as much about the traditional musical but yeah i think and now i feel like we kind of get one a year since since like the more like Moulin Rouge and Chicago and stuff like that, so which is great. Awesome. <laughs> it's great for us. Yeah. <laughs> Bring them on. Megan, that was your number nine. What is your number eight? My number eight is Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, 
which is an absolute fun, amazing, campy musical that's just... I can watch it over and over again. I haven't seen it, um, not a little. I've seen it. I was going to rewatch it and I didn't get around to it and it may have been on my list if I rewatched it. <laughs> I, so, I bet it would have been yeah, on your list. Yeah, it probably would have been. It really would have been. Um, so like I said, so this is just your typical campy, catchy musical um, that has an amazing set. So it's how it's filmed. I feel like it's very, um, it's filmed like a musical, like the stage mm-hmm. setting so I think that's why I really enjoyed it as well. Um, and the songs, obviously, Suddenly Seymour is one of the biggest songs of the soundtrack. But then you also got the opening of Little Shop Horrors, which um, is great, and Skid Row. Um, but it's pretty much um, about... So you've got Seymour, who's like this geeky, nerdy shop, shop helper um, at this flower store and he has this interest in like weird and like weird looking plants and he came across this plant um and he's trying to keep it alive and then all of a sudden he feeds it a little bit of blood and then that's when um it comes to life really um and it just doesn't stop going and it's just it's hilarious um you've got Stephen Martin in this movie, that is Stephen Martin. Stephen no, no, Martin. I've heard of getting caught. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Sorry, Steve Martin. Um, who, he's just the perfect um, bloke for this for the character they've done. So it's his dentist, and um, but they also have a cameo from Bill Murray as well. So you just get all these random like people that just it just I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think it's definitely. Put it on your watch to watch list. Yeah, it's definitely um, a worth watch, watching yeah. movie. Especially, yeah, just with the musical world, it's it's just such a, a great movie. So, so basically, like Seymour as well is in love with this girl called Audrey. Audrey, yeah. And so he names the plant Audrey, Audrey too. Yeah. After this, after the, after his the love of his life, and I just think that's the most hilarious thing ever. <laughs> but yeah, this movie is very fun. Um, I guess we're talking about lull in 80s movies, and this is kind of like an 80s movie. 1986, yeah, so, musical. Yeah. So, um, I feel like it's a little bit of a cult was... classic. Like it's not really yeah. in the yes. mainstream conversation, yeah. but yeah. there's a, there's a lot of themes yeah. out there. I've seen, like, I've even seen the stage show live, and it's just, it's an absolute incredible sort of thing. Like it's very different to the normal kind of musical, which makes it fun. Which is why I was actually excited to watch this, but again, time kind of ran out for me and I didn't get a chance because I'm a big fan of Frank Oz and everything he did in The Muppets mm, and how yeah, talented yeah. he is and he directs this movie. He's Speaking of someone that's got so much talent in Hollywood, I mean, he's a great puppeteer, great director, obviously Yoda's voice, um, very famous for that, obviously from Star Wars as well. So the fact that you've got him, uh, uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, Ricky, uh, Rick Moranis, Moranis yeah. is yeah. great in anything that he's in and... As Megan said, it looks like all these, as someone that hasn't seen the movie, it looks like you've got these guest stars that kind of just pop in and pop out, which yeah, is yeah. kind of kind of cool to see people like um, Steve Martin and, and Bill Murray. Kind well, of. Steve Martin's like the, the bad guy, the bad guy. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. of the movie. Yeah, so yeah. he's the dentist and he's in love, like he's the boyfriend of Audrey. Audrey. So, yep. But yeah, I won't spoil it for you oh, if you want to watch it. I'll check it out. <laughs> I'll check it out. It's not let us mourn. All right, that was your number eight, Megan. Yes. Nolita, we know you're number 10. Yeah, so Moulin Rouge is my number 10. Then getting into my number nine, um, it is Rocket Man. 
Didn't no, make my list. Didn't make my list, but... Oh, look. Yeah. So, <laughs> I have so much love for this movie. I've watched it so many times since it came out in 2019. Um, basically, it is a kind of like a biopic, but they do it more like a musical than something like the, the likes of like Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that. Um and it's about the life of Elton John or Reg- Reginald Dwight, <laughs> as he was originally known. Um, and it sort of just sort of like looks at his his rise to fame and and what he had to go through as a gay man in the music industry in a time when they were sort of coming to terms. Like I guess they were allowing gay people to be people in like really at that time. Um, and it's sort of him fighting whether like he he wants to show that side of him or if he he wants to fit into the norm and and marry women and things like that. So basically like everything that Elton John's done. But um like Elton so Taron Egerton plays Elton John in this movie and Elton John actually picked him for the role. Like he was like, Yep, yeah, no, nah, that's who I want. I I've seen enough, like, that's it. You even told that when Elden seen The Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, yeah. and they yeah. kind of have a connection there. So it's kind of building up for yeah. a while. But. Yeah, and honestly, he is just absolutely incredible. I didn't even think he was... or he Was he not... He wasn't even nominated for Best Actor, I don't think. No, and I'm pretty sure he got snubbed, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, like, and he was absolutely snubbed in that for that category because he just steals this show. Like, it's something... We hadn't really seen from him at this point, like he was a, an action star and then all of a sudden he comes out and does does this and he was just absolutely incredible. And then you've got Richard Madden as well, who plays his manager slash boyfriend, who drives Elton to to do all these drugs and just live this crazy lifestyle and and basically ruined his life for a very, very long time. And then you've got Jamie Bell, who was obviously famous for being in, like, the first Billy Elliot, pretty much. Um, and then, obviously, moving on to Fantastic I Four. Knew, I knew you were going to mention fan and I wish you did. But, um, like, this movie for me is exactly what a musical should be. The songs are so much fun. There's, like, these sort of magical sort of elements to them like the part where Elton falls into the pool and he's just sort of floating and and you see him like oh I just love it so much and and just like the kind of iconic moments in in Elton's life as well like you see him in the in the chick like the chicken suit and or the feather suit and and things like that like it was just everything I wanted from an Elton John movie basically and I and I hope they bring it to the stage as well yeah definitely it'll be such a great stage show I think it can definitely be done like because you've got like Billy Elliot and all that like that so they've they, they can do stuff they can they can yeah. bring it to life um, but yeah I I was contemplating putting this in my list because it is one of my favorite I guess sort of those biopic sort of musical um, it was, yeah, it was very close to me in there, but just didn't make it. But um, like you said, like how my favorite scene as well was when like he falls into the pool. Just the, just the how they um, filmed the the mm. songs and him performing, and and you really feel the emotion from Taron as well. Like, because um, I'm pretty sure like he's he lived with Elton mm. as well to really get the role and really understand who Elton is. So. Um, 
and you could see that he's he did his homework and it he pulled it off like he definitely should have should have got um that nomination probably even should have won that nomination of of that category that year but yeah. Make it free people that agree that he definitely got snubbed <laughs> yeah. in a nomination. He's fantastic. This movie really drives it forward. But the thing that I really appreciate this, uh, from this movie, apart from the performances by Taron Edgerton, is great. Bryce Dallas Howard is really underrated mm-hmm. as his mum. She's almost mm-hmm. unrecognisable yeah. mm-hmm. as yeah. his mother. Yeah, she's incredible. Richard Madden's great in anything he's in. I'm a big fan of Richard Madden, and I think he's going to be a, a key player in Hollywood for years to come. But the thing that I really like is that when it's vibrant, when it's colourful, um, and when it's upbeat, this movie has all those times a hundred. It, it's not afraid to to show that, show the different colours and the emotion that he was feeling. But on the on the flip side of that, we see a lot of biopics that only concentrate on the good times, and this is one that chose both. It's not afraid to get into the dark times of Elton John's life, and I think that it should get a lot of credit for that because it goes to some dark places. This movie at points of this movie and. Yeah. Uh, then you see the light and, and it comes back. Um, but yeah, it definitely gets points for that because a lot of movies just only concentrate on a good part, like a, a, the positives of a person's career in either Hollywood or as an actress or, or an artist or an actor. So um, credit there. I also think that the highlight for me is the I'm Still Standing video clip at the end of the movie. Yeah. Great scene as well. But uh, yeah, Taron Edgerton definitely carries the movie. It's a fantastic performance as Elton John. And I don't think anyone else could have played that role. No, no. Definitely not. Definitely not. Sweet. Uh, just didn't make it overseas track two. It wasn't. It just wasn't on that level. But it's almost there. Almost. So close. So close. All right. No, Okay. So my number eight is something that I think might be higher on your guys' list, and that is La La Land. It's higher. That's higher on my list. I knew it would be. Sweet. All right. Well, that was our ten to eight. We're going to take a little bit of break. You might get some Steve's NRL footy tips ad for next season because guess what? It's not that far away. But uh, we're going to be back with our 7 to 5 on our top 10 musicals. Hey, we are back and what have we been watching? And I hope you guys enjoyed the ad for Steve's NRL footy tips for 2022 that I might have been too lazy to do. But if you didn't, I hope you had a great time listening to that. All right, let's get to my number 7 now. And I doubt it's going to be on your list, but it should be. It's one of the greatest musicals of all time. We've had a shadow of it yet, and that is Seven Brides. The seven brothers. It's not on my list. No, no, no I was in the. Not. I was actually in the um, stage show of that though. As a kid, <laughs> I was like eight years old, so I don't remember it much. This movie is. You want to talk about some fun? It is a bona fide classic. It's one of the, the great uh, in musical history, starring Jane Powell as Millie and Howard Keel as Adam. It's all about in 1850 Oregon, a, basically a, a woodsmith. Comes to town looking for a wife to do all his work for him to, and to look after him and his six brothers. And l- let me tell you, it might not be politically correct, this movie, but it is a great time. And I, I challenge anyone to not watch this and have the time of their life. For starters, he basically gets this woman to marry him without telling him that he has all these brothers and that she's going to do all the work for him. So she gets back to the house, which is down the countryside at their farm slash house. And she's not impressed by, you know, that her having to do all the work for these guys. So she kind of refuses it. And uh, Adam doesn't want to look bad in his brothers. So there's a scene in this movie where they go into the bedroom. She kicks him out of the house. But instead of going to face his brother, he goes out and sleeps on the tree just outside the window of the house. This is the comedy gold that you're having seven brides for seven brothers. 
And anyone that hasn't seen this movie, back it got released in 1954. Go see it. It's an hour forty. There's some great performances, some great songs. Bless my beautiful heart. I don't know if that's the title of the song, but that's that's that starts this song. And let me tell you, it's a great song. Going courting's another good song, but the highlight of the movie, guys, the barnyard dance. Right, this is just fantastic. All right, they get to the barnyard. They have this. There's this big festival dance party thing going on back in 1850. I don't know what you want to call it, the barn dance, but a hoe down. A hoe down. But know. they get there, and and guess what? The six brothers. I want to look for, for wives as well. They like Millie. They want a wife of their own to do all their work for them and, and just have a great time because Millie's really nice to them. She kind of teaches them in the Going Corden song to how to be nice to women and, you know, try to get girlfriends. These six other guys are dancing with these women and they're just basically almost getting in a fist fight, just pushing away. They're having this big <laughs> dance-off scene with the six girls going between the six guys, the brothers and the other six guys. And it goes for about 20 minutes, and it's one of the best dance scenes you've ever seen in your life. They keep trying to one-up in each other, ends up in this big brawl, big fight. Seven Brides of Seven Brothers. It's an absolute classic. And, you know, sure, at the end of that dance scene, do they kidnap the six chicks, and then there's an avalanche, <laughs> oh and then the six ki- chicks get co- forced to live with them? Yes. But let me tell you that it's a different time, right? Just to let your imagination... Run wild! Everyone learns a lesson. It's a positive movie. <laughs> seven brides. Seven brothers is when I'm seven. <laughs> oh god! No. Oh, look, look. I have to say, it has been put. It's all on a list. Yes. It's been put right. into it's the something. U.S. National Film yeah. Registry as being Thank culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So I mean, you're not wrong. It's a great movie. <laughs> Maybe it's to learn from the mistakes of our past. <laughs> don't kidnap six women, yes, please. Right. Yeah, force them to be your wife. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, Megan. <laughs> Just from your description of this movie. I need to this, watch um, it. Yeah, I think I definitely need to watch this this movie. Yeah. Um, Just God. see this barn dance and oh, this, I know. this kidnapping. This kidnapping. <laughs> and the happen? sleeping in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's probably one that I'll, I'll have to check out. You'll have to check it out. Sure. You, me and Megan always love to have nights where we watch bad movies together. Yeah. So maybe this will have to be perfect. Next. It sounds like it's the <laughs> How dare you say this is a bad movie? This, it might be a funny premise, but this is an all-time classic. So I take much offence to that. It's even better than Sister Act 2. But all right, that was my number seven. Yeah, all right. Sweet. So that leads me to number six. We speak about all-time classic musicals. Here's another one. Released in 1978, it is the musical that inspired so many artists. It's Grease. It's higher on my list. list. All right, we'll talk about that when we get to it. I appreciate it. I like it. Low on your list. Yeah. There's five movies that I like more, so that's why. (laughs) Hence, it's my list, not whatever. Thank you. Uh, All right, my number five then is speaking of classics. I've got another classic for you. (laughs) Just the the amount of classics on my list is just out of control, and it is the 1965 classic. The Sound of Music. So that's your number five. That's my number five, yes. Um, Higher on my list. And it's not on my list. Megan, Megan, Megan. (laughs) (sighs) I can't wait to see your list. All right. Speaking of which, Megan, what's your number seven? Uh, Number seven. Um, So my number seven is... um, It's not about any kidnapping. 
Um, it's a good start. <laughs> but it's it a good start. <laughs> it is. Um, it's a really great movie musical, which is Hairspray. Didn't make the list. I've seen it. I love this movie, and it's it was it's definitely an honourable mention for me, but it didn't it's... make my list either. And I love it so much. Yeah, and I don't well, like I, the movie, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So I don't know where to put this movie mm. on my list because it's just it is definitely one of my favorite movies. And this movies. is the two thousand seven one. It's two thousand seven. Yeah, two thousand seven. Um, and yeah, so. I just needed to put this one on because just the soundtrack alone, you just have so much fun. Um, the stage musical, like, so if you see it live and then you also see this movie as well, it's just, you're going to have fun either way around. So, um, but anyone who hasn't watched it, it's, um, about this 16 year old girl, Tracy, who lives in Baltimore, which has the greatest opening song which is good morning baltimore, good morning, baltimore. <laughs> um and uh, actually when i was in america i drove past baltimore and the whole bus <laughs> was singing that song so um sounds like a river <laughs> <laughs> it was it really was um so yeah and so she has um her best friend penny and they really love to watch um this dance show and pretty much fast forward tracy gets on the show and um, but there's also um, some like good meaning, like heading, like hidden messages in this um, movie. I think as well that you know Tracy doesn't see um, race and like, and she's very for um, integration, the integration and stuff. So, and I feel like you know that in this movie, um, a musical that was really um, greatly done, and I think that's why I really like it as well because um, I can definitely relate with that and so yeah i don't know it just had to be in my list i couldn't it's a, it's a great it's, movie it's, it's and just it's, too much fun to not put in the list it was so close to being in my list like it was literally number 11 like i love this movie so much i watched it so many times. i know you do you sing the songs over and over so i'm very surprised i know you can't stop <laughs> like you just you just sing this all the time. So. Yeah, I but. do. Um, so, like with this movie, obviously, yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, it was a, it's a lot about racism. Yeah. But then you've also got like um, obviously Tracy is a larger girl. Yeah. And yeah. she sort of picked on throughout like for that throughout this movie, but because she's told from her parents that she's beautiful, no matter what size she is. <laughs> yeah. That um, she kind of doesn't really see that she's being picked on for that as well which i yep. think is an absolutely incredible message to bring forward as well um but the this movie is kind of done like a pantomime i guess when you've got yeah, like yep. the um the dame character with, yeah, in yeah. quotation marks played by a man which obviously in this movie is played by John Travolta. John Travolta yep. um you've got Christopher Walken as her dad who is just, I don't know, he's looking like 50 years older than John Travolta, but anyway, we'll, like, we'll he can that. still move, it's all good. Um, and then you've got like um, Zac Efron, which I mean, he is anyone's cup of tea at any age. Like, oh gosh. Um, and you And even like Amanda Bynes, like does like Penny and like she is she's perfect great. Penny. I love her. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so obviously, Westy, you have said that you don't like this film. So no, no let's I don't. See where you're gonna go here with this, hey? Well, for starters, Christopher Walken. It's fantastic. 
in the movie. But listen, apart from that, uh, I like You Can't Stop the Beat's a great song. Mm-hmm. I think that is the whole of the movie. That and the, I don't know if the Baltimore one where he's introducing all oh, the, what's the song where he introduces everybody? He's like, it's this person, it's this person. Uh, and then James yeah, Marston does Miss the, Bol- no, is that that song? Well, Miss Baltimore Crabs is M- Michelle Pfeiffer's song. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Corny Collins show. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a good song as well. But for me, this movie... I don't know. It's just not. Uh, it's it's a good. It's 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 like it's good because it embraces, you know, the, the over the top nature of musical. I just don't think it's translated very well to the movie screen. I think it's it it work. I think it, as someone that hasn't seen the the theater production, I think it would work better as an on stage musical than a movie oh, musical. And it does. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've got these issues, and I've got these problems with our movies that we might get to later as well, depending, but I feel like you, you, you speak on the racism stuff, you speak on the um, the bullying aspects of the movie, I feel like they it's very lightweight and they don't really get into it. I feel like they barely touch some of those topics. It, they mention it, but they don't really go full on with it. And it's something that I think it's a bit of a copy out. I just don't think the movie's edited very well. There's some good performances. Amanda Bynes is really good. Main actress is really good. I can't remember yeah, her name. Zac Efron's just Zac Efron. I don't, I don't see a grateful. James Marsden's good. John Travolta and and Christopher Walken are good. For me, it just it's a movie that you're really going to be, you know, going to love it, or you're just going to it's just going to be a miss for you. It's something that you're really going to, you know, fully embrace or something. You're going to be like, well, this is just and for start. If I, when I watch this movie, I feel like it's about two and a half hours long or something. It just goes on forever. So yeah. I, that's that's just my. It just wasn't for Fair me. Fair enough. So. I think. The thing about this movie, so like we talked about cult classics, like Little Shop of Horrors is a cult classic. You've got yeah. stuff like Rocky Horror that's a cult classic. This will be our generation's cult classic. This and yeah. stuff yeah. like High School Musical. And just like any cult classic, you either love it or you hate yeah, it. Exactly. I don't know if yeah. I hate it, but I just I wasn't I wasn't yeah. fully into it. So fair enough, fair enough. But in terms of the racial thing, like I feel like there's a whole scene with like Queen Latifah and yeah, I, I remember that yeah. scene. I just yeah, I, I felt like they could have done more of it. Yeah, that's what I'll say. But so. I mean, this was the the musical itself was created uh, like back in the sixties, like yep. so back when so at I guess that back time, in the sixties it was ahead it was of its time. Very yeah. ahead of its but time. Yeah, as a as a movie in two thousand seven, I don't know. Anyway, that's just me. <laughs> Negan, that was your number seven. What's your number six? Let's move on. My number six, um, I think it might be higher on other people's list, but it's Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Yeah, that's higher on Definitely list. higher on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be. Hey, your number five, My then. number five, um, it's probably definitely one of my favourite movies. It is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, it is, I'm pretty sure, is also my number five. <laughs> Ten and five the same. Oh, Look at that. Great. Another one I haven't seen, surprisingly. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, oh, well, you are missing out on, this is, yeah. this is like the ultimate classic, like, yeah. this is, musical. Yeah, talking it's about weird, cult films, wacky. this is it. Yeah, this is it. Um, it's just such a fun, like, iconic, so you've got the time warp, you've got, um, Sweet transvestite, like yeah. transsexual, um, and just so many great hits. But you've got the iconic um, opening of this song, mm-hmm. uh, opening of the movie, which is the, with the red lips. Um, science fiction. Science fiction. Um, yeah. I think that as an opening itself, you just all you're seeing for this whole song is his the luscious red lips just singing the song, um, and then you get introduced to. Um, Janet and Brad and 
a great another song that I love is Demet Janet. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, this is definitely like a cult, weird, wacky, like you don't think the ending is going to be, I won't spoil it. What Are you ever going to watch it? <laughs> I mean, Look, do what you want. I don't want to spoil the ending because it's just, you would not guess it anyway. So um, if you but, haven't watched it by now, you need to... Yeah, for me, see, we'll talk about what you think in the movie in a second, but mm-hmm. since you've managed, since you guys have brought it up, the reason I haven't really watched it is I've never really felt compelled to do it. I mean, I, I, I know it's a cult classic, but the first thing Megan literally said, and this is nothing against you, Megan, but the first thing Megan said when she described this movie is the first thing everybody says when they describe this movie, Time Warp. I know Time Warp, <laughs> I know the song, all right? I, I just don't, I don't feel, I hear anything about the movie other than the Time Warp part, and obviously the fact that with the transvestites and it was ahead of its time, you know, yeah. For for addressing that stuff and having those yeah. in a in a movie, um, and obviously it's become a cult classic since. But no, but Megan summed it up perfectly with me. Time warp. I know time warp. Why should I watch <laughs> this movie? Tell me. Well, look. So okay. So it's basically it starts off as a love story between Brad and Janet. They get engaged at their cousin's wedding, which I mean is a social no no. Who does that? <laughs> um, so they get engaged, and then they're basically like. When you picture people, they're your goody two-shoes. Like, she's like the, I don't know, I guess like the Sandy of Greece. Like, she's yeah, that goody yeah. girl, like, does nothing wrong. And Brad's like the, the the nerdy kind of guy. And then they have car troubles and have to take shelter at the Frankenstein, Frankenfurter place. Frankenfurter place, yep. <laughs> Frankenfurter place. And when they get there, everyone's kind of just having a party basically they're having a great time they're having good fun and brad and, ja- brad and janet they're doing like, the time or not yet oh, no, not yeah, yet okay, not yet <laughs> they're have, just having a great great fun you know like it's the 70s they're doing whatever they want to do um and so they get in there have fun and brad and janet are like what is going on in this place this place is weird i don't want to be here we just want to use your phone please give us your phone and then dr frankenverter decides to create a man who is rocky that who that is who the whole Rocky Horror Picture Show is from. Your so Adrian. it's kind of like a, a take on like Frankenstein, or but he's created his perfect kind of man, and then Meatloaf shows up randomly. So <laughs> Meatloaf makes me not want to watch the movie. So <laughs> listen, you know I don't know how much you're selling me. What do you like about the movie? Oh look, it's so much fun, and I love like that. So this movie has such a big following that people will literally go to f- theater screenings of this film dressed, dressed up. up as the yes. characters yes. and reenact the songs and everything in this movie. And I just think, like, for a movie to a movie musical to have that sort of following, it deserves to be on a movie musical list. Like, I love the movie as well, so don't get me wrong, like that. But <laughs> the fact that. It has such has had such an impact on this community of like weird people. Yeah, like yeah. I just love it. I just said it's a very important movie. I just, as I said, I'm just not really compelled to watch it. I mean, this is my list, Sister Act <laughs> Two. Sister Act Two. But you know, listen, <laughs> I I might get around to it, but I, I'm glad that you two really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. That was your number five, Megan. Yes. Noletta, what's your number seven? Okay, my number seven is something that I don't even know if you guys have watched, but it's um, My Fair Lady. I haven't watched it, but uh, again, another one I wanted to check out because 
it's known as a great musical. I just didn't get the time. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I did see that you um, rented it on my Prime yeah. account. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, that means I just had to re-watch it, all right? I and watched... I was going to watch it because... <laughs> It's there, but um, I was too late to, to watch it, and I'm not going to rent it again. So Noletta can, um, yeah. can rent a movie on Prime, but not actually pay for Prime. This is how we get it here. Right, hey, it's I the, pay me again. Ah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, so basically, this movie I watched a lot as a, as a kid. This was my nan's favorite musical, and one of the movies that actually got me into doing like musical theater as a kid. Um, so I grew up watching it and I just had to rewatch it because I was like, I need to, it's been a long time, so I have to rewatch this and, and know if it's definitely still going to be on my list. Um, basically it follows a Cockney working class girl. Um, she is trying to sell flowers at the start and a professor of, um, phonetics overhears her speaking and is taking down notes and she asks him basically for help to become uh, a better well to become a lady so that she can one day work in an actual flower shop instead of selling flowers on the street um it's very like in terms of where like when you're talking about like seven brides for seven brothers like there's obviously some things some elements in this movie where you're like oh is that okay but it's meant to be that way. Um, so basically, like, at the start, like, Henry Higgins, which is the phonetics professor, he treats Eliza Doolittle um, like absolute crap, basically. Like, he thinks that he is that she is just so much beneath him, um, that he's gone, he's studied all this, all these years to be this, this perfect person. He's a bachelor, so he thinks women are beneath him, basically, in general. And Eliza Doolittle by the end of the movie basically changes his mind so they don't have a love connection um because he is in this movie like even in the the stage play as well he is like a lot older than her um but they have this sort of friendship throughout it and it's just really nice to see like in terms of a movie that's that came out in like 1964 um like those sort of elements are just so different to what you would see about in that time. And a funny story. So in in the cast for this movie, you've got obviously Audrey Hepburn, who's playing Eliza Doolittle. Um, she wasn't cast in the stage show and didn't actually do any of the songs. She wasn't the singer for any of the songs. But then... So on the stage show, which became which came out in on the West End just before this movie came out, um, Julie Andrews was actually cast as Eliza Doolittle alongside Rex Harrison, which is in the movie, who's in the movie as well. But they said that Julie Andrews wasn't famous enough to be in this movie, and then a year later she stars in Mary Poppins and becomes this massive big name. So that's a little bit of um, movie trivia for you. There so, we go. Yeah. It was crazy. But um, Audrey Hepburn still is like, this is the reason I fell in love with Audrey Hepburn. She'll forever be my all-time favorite old school. She's a timeless actress oh, in, she's in just the golden incredible. age of Hollywood. Yeah. I haven't seen this yeah. movie. I do want to check it out. I probably will check it out at some point in the future. The only other thing I'll note, because you haven't seen it ever, we'll talk about no, um, no. anything you want to say about this movie? Um, oh, I'll definitely definitely watch it. Yeah. Um, 
the one thing I will say is that I want to, so when we talk about things that don't, like the things that don't age well in movies, yeah. I, I honestly, yeah. and I said this in Seven Brothers and Seven Brothers, but we weren't doing it in a serious tone, but what I will say is that I think when you look at these movies, I'm not saying that stuff back that, that it's okay in 2021 sense, but I think you've got to look at it through a different lens of time. Yeah, you you can't judge do, it you by 2021 standards when it got released 60 or 50 yeah. years ago. So yeah. I mean, if going through my list, there's some movies that are very questionable, yes. but <laughs> I still love them. Exactly. So, I mean... I, I feel like disregarding movies just because they have some questionable things yeah. in it to a 2021 um, society kind of lens isn't doing yourself justice, yeah, justice no. and you're missing out on a lot I of mean, these kind I of movies are important to learn about that as well. Like, it's yep. if you're not watching that sort of stuff, you don't know that it's wrong, really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, well, that was your number seven, my fair lady. What's your number six, Nolita? Um, My number six is something that I don't know if will be on your guys' list. Um, a recent movie that's just come out, and that is Tick, Tick, Boom. That means we're going to do our review right here as well. Megan, is it on your list? It isn't on my list. I only see the fact that these other movies that are, that are in my list, I have watched and watched and watched. And it's um, not, it's, yeah, it's not my list either. Yeah, so. yeah. So, but... An amazing movie. An absolutely amazing movie. Right, Nolita, why don't you start yeah. the review portion off So, us. I had to put this on my list just because it is such an ode to musical theatre lovers everywhere. Like, and this, so basically this movie is Lin-Manuel Miranda's, the, like, theatrical or film debut as a director. Um, he's obviously directed stage shows before and he's written another show for film, which was In the Heights. Um, which also came out this year. But as a directorial de debut, I think like this is just absolutely phenomenal. And like for him being so young, and I know there's a lot of things that like, there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, I'm sick of Lin-Manuel Miranda, AKA my husband. <laughs> um, he, he is going to do some absolutely phenomenal things in the future. And I think like if he is around for a long time, like expect to see great things. Um, basically this movie is a kind of like a, like bi biopic of Jonathan Larson, but then it's not really all true. Like he's kind of fabricated some things for this musical, but he, it's a self-written, um, musical about his life. So, and it was kind of like, this movie is kind of like the the creative process that he had to come up with his his next big musicals, which were obviously his next one was Tick, Tick, Boom before, yep. like, at this time. And then the one after that is obviously Rent, which is now a massively cult classic film. Like, that's gone on to be huge. Um, and unfortunately, before Jonathan Larson ever got to see his success... He passed away, so this movie is kind of a tribute to him and, and his life, and Andrew Garfield in this movie is just absolutely incredible. Like, he just embodies this role, like, 100%, and, and the songs are great. Um, there's a scene in this movie called where the song's called Sunday, and they're all out for Sunday brunch, and talking about like an ode to musical theatre, this song 
has so many cameos by famous musical theater actors and actresses that I was just like <laughs> fangirling like every second in this yeah. movie. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> but, um, and then you've got Stephen Sondheim, which um, kind of is very fitting considering he passed away a couple of weeks ago, like pretty much uh, very close to after this film was, re- yeah. was released. Yeah. And although he's not seen in this movie, he also has a voice cameo in it, which is very cool. But yeah, this movie for me just, I loved it. That's it's all musical theatre for me. Yeah, definitely. So I I absolutely loved this um, movie as well. I did know some of the soundtrack before going into this, like watching the film. Um, but like you said, Andrew Garfield just absolutely just nailed that role so much and like he's singing I, I didn't know he could sing like and all of a sudden he just comes out with um like the first song 3090 like oh. you're just like so captured in um in the film just from that opening um and and like you said in the sunday song um like Naleta and i watched it together and we were like wait a minute like we were like freaking out yeah. like we were just especially we saw the, the girls from hamilton <laughs> like oh my god no <laughs> I think it was, and and then you've also got um, some cameos from people from Brent as well that was in it. So it's just sort of like a a nice little touch in that movie that, um, and it just made it a little bit more special um, and like just sort of a a thank you to to Jonathan Larson. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, Lynn Memorand has done so, so well um, with directing this movie. Um, Yeah, absolutely loved it. So, what do you think, Westy? Yeah, I like the movie. I think it's a, it's, I think it's a, the best I've ever seen Andrew Garfield, as you guys have touched on, as Jonathan Larson. It's a breathtaking performance that keeps everybody glued to their screen. I like uh, some of the direction this movie goes through. I think 3090 is the highlight of the movie. I think it's the best song in the movie. For me, I think it's a solid directorial debut for Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think I've been critical of him in the past. And some, some stuff that he does in this movie... I think this movie's got structural issues, as as uh, a lot of first-time director efforts do. But his love of cinema shines through, and especially his—it's a love letter to you know musicals and theatre. Um, so yeah, I think it's a worthy prelude to Rent as well. But I went into this movie expecting to see some sort of creative process to Rent, and for me, I think this movie ends just as it starts to really get interesting for me. I think that this is a good movie. Um, but what I will say is that the songs, some of them hit for me, some of them don't, but that's just perf- personal preference. I feel like this movie's are very much like a lot of Oscar-driven movies. I'm not saying this is an Oscar-driven movie, but it's a lot of style over substance for me. I feel like the plot just kind of lingers for a little while, but Andrew Garfield's performance really carries it through. I think Alexandra Shipp was really good in this. I think his friend Michael, I can't remember yeah, his actor, was, really, was, was great as well. And I think that his relationship with Michael was the standout yep. moment of the movie for me as well. Yep. So, But I really think that it's a one-performance-heavily-influenced film. Um, and it showcases that great acting performance for Andrew Garfield for me more than it showcased the quality of the story that we're getting to. I cared more about I his character than what's happening in the movie, if you yeah. know what I mean. So, it kind of has to be a one performance, though, since it's about... It's about like Jonathan Larson. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. obviously the, the issue with it ends as it starts to get really interesting for me is not really a knock on Linroll Miranda because it is based on... Yeah. 
a pre-existing yeah. musical um, that Jonathan Larson made, or did someone make it for Jonathan Larson? No, he wrote, he made, he wrote, wrote this it. one. Yeah, 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 yeah sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just feel like the sum of the parts don't equal the performance for me. So that's what I'll say about this movie. I think it's a, it's a solid movie. It's good to watch. It's not something I'm personally going to go right back and revisit. I think it's more of a character study than a great movie. So that's yeah. just my opinion on it. Which so. is fair enough. And yeah. but I'm a, I, when I watch movies, I'm more for the character. I'm for both. I want something so, to keep me engaged. Because yeah. to, to be honest, other than Michael, I didn't care about anyone else in this movie apart from Jonathan. So, and I think that's a, that's a criticism to the movie, okay, but that's just enough. me personally. Yeah. So, um, in saying that, what would you guys give this one out of 10? Um, it was a nine out of 10 for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a nine. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to yeah. go a bit lower than okay. you guys. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... like, I feel like when you've been so heavily involved in like musical theater and everything, like this yeah. movie really is a love letter to it. So as I said, but, yeah. but in saying that, and I, I understand that, but in saying that I just feel like I do about a lot of Oscar driven movies. And again, I don't think that this is necessarily one of those, but I feel like a lot of them really lean heavily on the performance and some of the little intricacies of directing Lynn merrill Marina hasn't got yet, but that's okay. Cause it's his first movie and it's a very solid debut for me. So yeah. 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 Um, but Fair yeah, enough. that Fair was enough. Uh, that was tick tick boom. We already yep. know your number five, no yep, letter, which is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. All right, we're gonna get into our top four coming up next. All right, so we're into our top four now, and at number four for me, it's the movie that was on Megan's list already. It was her number six. It's Mamma Mia Two. Here we go again. Yep, and that is my number two. So when they went and decided to create a sequel to this movie, for starters, I really liked the first movie and it was in contention for this list as well. That movie is just a really fun, uplifting movie. I think the highlight of that movie is actually the Mamma Mia performance with Meryl Streep on the roof, uh, where the three guys, Pierce Brosnan, um, and the other two that I can't remember their name right now, uh, Colin Firth and uh, Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård. Um, yeah, that that that's probably the whole lot of that movie. But all their chemistry and all that car and all the cast in that movie's chemistry was great. So going to the sequel, it's amazing to think that you're gonna kill off Donna, and they reveal that at the start of the movie that she's dead, and Sophie's gonna reopen the resort and you know, open the resort of the island to the public, and she's worried that people won't come. And then eventually, from the movie, you get all these returning stars. But it's amazing to think that they use the decision to kill off Donna because Meryl Streep's not going to come back in this movie, and somehow it's even better than the original. And I, yeah. I just love this movie. I, the flashbacks, Lily James, who is one of my favourite actresses in Hollywood, she's fantastic in the movie um, as a young Donna, and, and really has that that youthfulness, a youthfulness that uh, that I mean, aside for it does, doesn't really have at this point. She's getting older, um, and she just provides the fun in her kind of timeline. You've got her meeting the free guys that are potentially the father of Sophie, Sam, played by Pierce Brosnan. Um, and again, the other two, Henry, Colin Firth, and uh, Bill, uh, who is still in Skarsgård. And, you know, basically they've got younger versions that are played by different actors as well, and they each have their own moment, and you kind of decide throughout that who's the father, who does she, is she really in love with. Um, you've got great performances like Waterloo. I can't remember the one with Bill on the... Um, why did it have to be me? Yeah. I think I think is the performance. There's some really good ones in in the past in 1979, I believe it is the past scenes. But in the present, you've got you know Pierce uh, and Sophie, Amanda Seyfried. You've got the returning stars of Donna's friends that come back as well, who are who are always fantastic um, as well. Um, you've got Cher that comes into the fold, and again, it's just a fun movie. 
it's you put this movie on, it's probably my favourite musical to put on and just enjoy and have a really good time. It makes you feel good about life. You've got some great performances in the present as well. You've got Dancing Queen, which in my opinion is the whole of the movie. You've got Fernando and the end credits, a great performance as well um, of um, Super Trooper as well. So it's just a really fun movie that I keep going back to. And it's really not a movie when I first saw it that I expected to like very much, but... Um, Great performances all around, and I think that it's one that will stand the test of time. There's a reason why the musical is such a fan favourite, and I think the movies are in that atmosphere as well. It's just vibrant, fun movies that you can just put on any time and enjoy. So, Megan, it was your number six. What did you think of this one? Yeah, well, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with your description of it. Um, but it's just, it's a beautiful movie to watch as well. Um, just visually, just makes you want to go to those islands and just mm. just be there and sing <laughs> all the other soundtracks there. I mean, if I got the chance to go there, I think that's what I'll do. I'll prance around the island singing ever, just to be in that musical. Um, but yeah, so, and you said a lot of um, great numbers like Sewer Tripper, it is a really um, good end credit song. Um, but I also like When I Kiss a Teacher, that one's like a really good one. Um, and yeah, just Lily James was just perfect for that role. Yeah. She has such great energy in this movie. Like, I guess on, yeah. she does in everything she does. She just steals the scene. But um, her energy in this is just the perfect sort of way that they could, like, the. I couldn't imagine anyone else doing a younger Donna, basically. No. Like, she just encapsulates the character so much. But yeah, you guys have pretty much said it all. It's a yeah. great movie. I loved it. I love it. I have the sing-along version, which I put on all the time and, and happily sing along to it. And really, we look at like Rocketman and Bohemian Rhapsody and all these other kind of biopic uh, movies about the artist's career, but really by Abbott, it was a brilliant move. I know the musical happened, obviously, like the stage uh, show happened before the movies, but really, when you think about it, you had the diehard Abbott fans that remembered the 70s and the 80s, but this really introduced their music to a whole new generation of, of people as well. A lot of younger people kind of discovered Abbott through the Mamma Mia movies. So um, from just from a business point of view, it was a very smart decision for them to branch out and give the rights to the theatre musical, which eventually got these movies made in the first place. And, and they were kind of the first ones to do it too. Now everyone's doing it. Basically. Even like um, yesterday with about the Beatles. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and that's then a, even Jagged Little Pill, like Lana's yeah. Morissette yep. is the newest one. Well, for the musical, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just making creative ways to introduce all these, you know, classic songs back mm -hmm. into the mainstream yeah. kind of attention. Um, apart from just a traditional biopic, which is good, but it's been done a lot of times yeah. at this point. So when you put a kind of fresh spin on it, it really... Um, captures people's interest, which these movies definitely did. Shout out as well to One of Us, which is another performance I forgot. A great one between Dominic Cooper and Amanda Seyfried's characters, um, Sophie and Sky. So, but yeah, as I said, it's just an uplifting movie. You feel really good when you watch this movie about, and you feel positive about life, which I can't say for a lot of these movies. Uh, a lot of these movies I can, but a lot of movies in general, like uh, yeah. some of these uh, Oscar <laughs> movies I've been watching lately just make me feel depressed <laughs> and want to kill myself. So. Um, <laughs> But Mamma Mia 2, not one of those. Uh, really good movie. I really like it. So that was my number four. Moving on to my number three, and it's one of the all-time classic movies for me. And um, in my opinion, probably the one of the coolest movies of all time, and it is The Blues Brothers from 1980. Mm. Not on my list. Not on my list. Have you guys seen this movie? Nope. No. No, you need to make a, a note to go back and watch it because this movie is one of the... Uh, 
the funnest movies I've ever seen in my life. And um, if you know, I'm not a cosplay person, but if I'm ever going to cosplay with someone, it's going to be as Jake and uh, Elwood Blues because they are just fantastic characters. Basically, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd star in this movie, and really they're on a mission from God, and that is to save uh, the Catholic home after they get out of jail. Um, because they, they're pretty much getting, it's about to get demolished and they've got to raise the funds to save it. During this movie, um, you just got some great, like for starters, how different the two brothers are. And like even when, when they order lunch from the diner and one of them orders, orders the bread without any butter and just plain white bread and the other one orders like 10 whole chickens. It's just, it's got so many great little jokes. It's just a fun time. Um, but when, when it comes time for performance, it comes time to get the bands back together. We've all, we've all seen the traditional, you know, let's get the band back together story. But this is one of the first to really do it and make it such a popular trope. And um, as they're traveling around getting this band back together, you've got guest appearances and musical performances that just will be remembered forever. I mean, you've got James Brown in, in, his, in the black church coming in and having a great song. You've got Aretha Franklin coming in and singing Fink uh, to a husband who wants to rejoin the Blues Brothers and she's all against it. You've got Ray Charles, Shaky Tail Feather when they go to Ray's um, auto, I think it's auto shop, it's something, something to do with music, um, the name of the shop. But yeah, you've got all these people coming in. You've got a great, uh, Cameo from John Candy as well. Kerry Fisher wants to kill uh, John Belushi's character because she betrayed him and like broke up with him before he, he went to jail. So she like rocket launches the house. There's just so many classic moments in this movie. And um, to end it, after you've got great performances of um, somebody to love, uh, not somebody to love, um, everybody needs, yeah, someone to love, someone to love. Jeez, I don't know what I'm saying today. Um, and, and Minnie the Moocher and other great performances, you have one of the best uh, police chase scenes of all time to end it. And then Jailhouse Rock, when they were in jail, singing to the rest of the jail. They sing a great performance of Jailhouse Rock to end the movie. But for me, it's the cult classic. It's became one of my favorite movies over the years and it will uh, stand the test of time. Don't watch the sequel, just watch this one. Never watch Blues Brothers 2000, but just go back and enjoy the good times and watch the, one I've watched. the 1980s Blues Brothers because it is one of the funnest times you'll ever have. So, yeah. Because I've definitely seen one, but I don't think it's the original. Like, the Well, John Goodman comes in and replaces yeah, uh, Belushi because Belushi died yeah. um, not long after the Blues Brothers coming up. Um, yeah, that's the one I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why you haven't really went back to it. No. You, you, you guys both need to watch this movie because, yeah, it's... You talk about cool, it's one of the... The Blues Brothers are two of the coolest individuals of all time. I don't care if they're fictional characters or not. They're just... They're like Elvis comeback special cool, which is like out of this world cool. So, um, But, yeah, the Blues Brothers is my number three. Anything else to say about it? No. No, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely watch it at some point. I'm not going to say when. At some point in my life, I'm sure I'll watch it. <laughs> on a deathbed. Like, oh crap, I forgot to watch the Blues Brothers. <laughs> I better put that on quick. <laughs> Alright, well, that was the Blues Brothers. Um, man, I've got a lot of movies on my list that you guys haven't seen. We go, named Sister Act 2. Sister Act 2. All-time movie. <laughs> Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm. All-time movie. And now, and now the Blues Brothers. Free the... Maybe... I'm pretty sure we are more versed in... um. Musicals than you, so... I feel like you guys are just <laughs> negating some of the classic all-time musicals, personally. Uh, Alright, my number two, speaking of this, uh, is the greatest, probably the greatest musical of all time, a musical of all time. It's not my number one, but uh, that's because of personal taste, but in my opinion, the best musical of all time, and um, if it's not on your list, it's a, it's a 
tragedy and it's an outrage, and that is my number two is the Wizard of Oz. Well, it's an outrage. <laughs> it's, it's an outrage it's, over here. It's not on our list. <laughs> no. And I don't understand why. This movie is one of the greatest movies of all time. It will stand the test of time. Um, from the black and white start all the way to when the, uh, Dorothy gets to Oz and it changes to colour. It's just, it's so timeless for so many different reasons. But, you know, we're not going to get into the plot of Wizard of Oz. Everybody knows the plot of the Wizard of Oz. If you don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, but, yeah, obviously Dorothy... Um, as she's going down the yellow brick road, she's meeting the scarecrow, she's meeting the tin man, she's meeting the lion, and um, man, you've got some, so many classic songs from Off to See the Wizard um, to um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which is one of the greatest individual performances of all time, to There's No Place Like Home. There's so many timeless songs. This movie's from a bygone era where just, with how this movie's made, um, which is some horrifying backstage stories. Don't look at that. But yeah. in terms of in terms of the timelessness, it's just from the golden age of cinema. And Judy Garland's performance really shines through and makes it work for me. It is the essential musical. Um, it is the one that if you're going to watch a musical, you've got to start with The Wizard of Oz. It's just, I mean, from it's Judy Garland for starters. She's great in A Star Is Born, and, and she goes on to have a great career. Meet Me in St. Louis. But when someone thinks of Judy Garland, they think of Wizard of Oz. The reason why there hasn't been any successful remakes slash really sequels of this movie is because no one can replace Judy Garland and her timeless performance. Same as the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, the Lion, all of them are so timeless. And then you've got the the Wicked Witch's performance as well, and she's one of the greatest villains in movie history. But I think, um, I think yeah, I, I, Margaret Hamilton is is great as the witch, but I don't think I really have to make too much of a case for this movie because it is so timeless and it it will you know be remembered forever. And it's probably the first movie. Um, during the 1900s, I mean, and there's some famous movies, Gone with the Wind, 12 Angry Men, but if you're looking at an early 1900s movie that's going to be remembered forever, it's going to be The Wizard of Oz. It's that timeless, so that's why it's my number two. It's such a great, great movie. Yeah, well, when I think of Wizard of Oz, I don't think of it as a musical, yeah. so that's why it's not on my list, but I do say it is, you know, like I said, it's a, just an all-time classic. You just love the movie. You can't not like the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. more like a, a movie with music. Yeah, I just would compl- <laughs> How is it not a <laughs> musical? It's got so many musicals. It is the mu- it's it's the quintessential musical. It is a. I don't understand that argument at all. And you it's know, not enough songs for me. But um, I don't understand I do, that. But like, it does stand the test of time. Like, obviously, everyone knows like somewhere over the rainbow. That song has just been. I mean, it's nearly a hundred years later, and. Like everyone still sings it, so but um and Judy Garland is just absolutely amazing in that movie as well. That's why for two people that love musicals so much, I don't understand how you don't just because there's not just because the music spread out. I think it's a great movie. I don't don't get me wrong. Like yeah. it's a great movie, but He's, yeah, I just don't understand why you don't think it's a mu- just because the mu- music spread out doesn't mean it's not a musical. Yeah. Anyway, know. that's that's what I'll that's what I'll say to that. It just. For me, I just don't know how you can make the argument that this is a movie or music and not a musical. It just doesn't make sense to me. So, But all right. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, so that was my number two, The Wizard of Oz. Megan, what is your number four? My number four is The Greatest Showman. Uh, which was my number eight. And not on my list. Sweet. um, So this musical, um, so it's an original one, and it's just so much fun. I absolutely love this musical so much, and the soundtrack 
um, is incredible. So you've got um, P.T. Barnum, um, played by Hugh Jackman. So that's just already a winner right there. You just see um, Hugh Jackman back in his musical um, and singing, dancing. Like, he's just, he's amazing. Um, he's now back on Broadway again um, now. So it's just no, good no, to see. No, he's not. He's oh, got yeah. COVID. Um, <laughs> once he gets over the COVID. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so it's just um, about P.T. Barnum. It's more of a happier version of P.T. Barnum's life. Um, and he was a young boy who pretty much gets in, he just has this cue of, like, selling stuff and marketing and then um he grows up and pretty much starts a circus um of different people because he's always you see that character he has a kind heart um throughout the movie um and then you just see the these amazing characters um like you've got zendaya zach efron um i'm forgetting the other actress's name that this is me um actress i've seen her live she's amazing <laughs> forget her name though but um yeah you just have all these amazing um songs and performances and this is this is one movie that isn't a broadway show at the moment but i would love to see this turned into a broadway it would just be absolutely amazing and i'll definitely go watch it i think it's only a matter of time at this point yeah, yeah, until definitely. it does and you know, you mentioned this movie, and it's my number eight, and, and I love it. I, I echo your sentiments. I mean, Hugh Jackman's great in anything that he's in. He's one of my favourite actors in Hollywood. And actually, for the first time, because never, I've never seen him in on stage before, and obviously he's got a uh, remarkable reputation for it, but my brother showed me for the first time um, when he had, I think it was his show by himself on stage like a night of Hugh Jackman those yeah, shows we, we went to watch that. and yeah. it had and I saw on YouTube the performance of him as Gaston and I was blown away by that and I think that um it's a missed opportunity not seeing Gaston on live action but back to Greatest Showman great performance by Hugh Jackman Zac Efron and Zendaya are underutilized in the movie but I think they're really good in it uh, Michelle Williams is is good as well but again underutilized um it's a really solid fun jukeboxy kind of uh, musical and I mean you know the greatest show this is me. This is me and the other forever outside, but uh, the other side with him and Zach Efron both yeah. another really good performance. So um, it's just a fun movie to make you kind of forget your worries. This one and um, as you mentioned, by the real PT Barnum kind of story <laughs> is he is he is not a good person. But uh, this movie really highlights um, and, and kind of goes to the fantasy elements and, and changes the story. But again, it works because you feel good when you watch it and um, you kind of believe more in humanity at the end of this movie and um for me the best of these musicals are ones that uh that make you feel better and, and and don't really you know leave you with a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth when you finish watching it so that's why i really um really relate to the greatest showman when you did your description on the movie megan I, I feel like this movie has a real personal connection to you as well so yeah yeah well um i've grown up actually doing circus and and performing so it's pretty much two of my favorite things mashed together. Um, and whenever I go see, so whenever I go see a circus and stuff, I really watch their techniques. And I really, that's like, no, that I'm sure you do that when you even watch yeah. a performance. Yeah. So um, yeah, so to have those two things collide and it's the same with um, the Broadway musical Pippin. Again, it's the same, mm -hmm. it's a circus musical. So um, yeah, I, that's why I really love it. 
I think like the best thing about this movie is that critics had it panned and were just like nuts. It's like it's yeah. a terrible movie, like giving it the worst reviews, and then all these like audiences just flocked to it and just elevated this movie because everyone absolutely loved it. And I, it just goes to show, I think that's one of those moments where you just really don't have to always believe what critics say because they're obviously a little bit out of touch with the actual common people who go to the movies so yeah but it's it's a great movie i just, i love it like i've listened to the soundtrack a bunch of times yeah the soundtrack's just incredible yeah it's so good and like the fact that even the songs got redone by like um actual like famous singers to put out on into like public radio and stuff like that like sh- goes to show just how big this movie like has become and it will like continue to be around for a while i think yeah Absolutely. Well, that was your number four, Megan. What's your number three? My number three, um, a number classic, and I'm sure it's on everyone's list. It's Grease. Yeah, it was my number six. So. Um, and it's higher on mine. Which we know what that means. So <laughs> we'll get to that shortly. All right, Megan. What's your number two? My number two is La La Land. It was on Nola's list. Yep already yeah at uh, number eight and it is not on my portion of the list so uh, you really are these last two entries yeah you're really speaking to us um all right that's your part of this list done so no letter we're gonna go to your number four now yep so my number four is an absolute classic of a movie um in my opinion this is one of the ultimate um greatest musicals of all time um like in back from a different era and that is the sound of music which is my number five so we're pretty close with this one despite all our musical differences uh we've come together <laughs> joined forces and we decided the sound of music's in the top four yeah. so. and this one isn't in my list but i mean it's still an amazing year um so i mean obviously this musical has some pretty dark elements to it. I feel like now everyone kind of knows what the sound of music is about. Um, that like follows Maria, mm. as she has to be a governess to the Von Trapp children and falls in love with their father. And it's sort of set in the backdrop of World War Two. So um, you've got the whole like themes of like um, the the Nazis starting to come in and and wanting to send him away to war. Um, but I mean, this, this musical, like it elevated Julie Andrews to like a whole nother level, basically. Um, she's just absolutely phenomenal. And like these songs are just used all the time. Like, I mean, if you're doing a, like a, a vocal warm up in theater, like you do do, do re me, like everyone yep. does that song. So you just kind of know that, like the fact that you can it's been so long and people still remember these songs is just a real testament to how great this musical is. And I feel like it's another one of those musicals that will never be redone either. Like, I feel like it just, well, like The Wizard of Oz, like you've got this perfect cast and... Yeah, you just, nobody wants to touch it to ruin no. it. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, it's it's not my number five. I uh, agree with your sentiments. Who would have thought that Julie Andrews, coming off the success of, of uh, Mary Poppins and how well that movie's remembered, would come out and a couple of years later just release another all-time classic musical? And uh, for me, I prefer the Santa musical out of the two. So it's great in both movies. But um, Santa musical is one that I watched 
earlier this year and I watched it before we did our top 10 movies based on books I believe it was no letter and I said how much I liked it for the, that time then and for me just since then my love for the movie's grown I mean it's it's such an accomplishment what this movie was able to accomplish in 1965 where you've got such an uplifting tale about Maria helping these children um, two great songs like um, So Long Farewell and Do Re Me and these are a few of my favourite things but you've got this lingering presence of everything else that's going on in the World War II, um, you know, about to start with the Nazis and um, and conscription and all these things and, and, and people kind of getting brainwashed by um, what's happening there and, you know, why you've got so many uplifting moments is also a little bit, a bit of a dark edge and an unsuspect and you don't know where this movie's going to go and um, leading to a great performance of, um, you know, or a prize of uh, so long farewell and in that in that performance you see how desperate they are in that situation and uh, for me it is one of the best scenes of the movie and um, I just really like how it can be so light but then it can remind you of, of, of what's going on in this world uh, instantly and the cinematography I mean the actual hills and everything there it's one of the most beautiful movies ever made so uh, The Sound of Music is a great movie and it's one that um, I like more every time I watch it, and, and it is one of these classic musicals. I talk about The Wizard of Oz, so I talk about, well, uh, The Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. We haven't talked about Grease yet, but it's one of these ones that, you know, it's been so long since this movie is out, but it's still so much in the public conversation when you discuss musicals. You think of the sound of music, and that just shows you the impact it's had um, on everyone that, that is a, a musical lover or a fan of musicals for the last 60 years. And, yeah. uh, it deserves a place on any, uh, any musical list, in my opinion, so... Megan, not on your list? No, but um, look, the way that both of you just explained this movie is just pretty much spot on. Um, it is just such a really nice um, movie to watch, like you said, like when she's in the hills. It's just just beautiful to watch. That's why I think it's another thing to, like, they can't remake it because how can you recreate those moments yeah. when it's already just so iconic and special? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, great soundtrack and just all time, just great musical so. also great performance by Christopher Plummer we all talk about mm. Julie Andrews yeah. but um, you know him playing the more serious character he just elevates the movie with his with his seriousness and, and that approach to it um, you know I don't know I, I hear stories about how he actually hated the children <laughs> off, yeah. off, uh, off screen but you know <laughs> listen he uh, he comes together and plays that, that father figure who changes throughout the course of the movie and I think that he is really the, really the heart apart from Julie Andrews you know her fantastic performance. I think he's really the heart and soul of the movie. So, um, yeah, great performance there as well by, by Plummer. So, um, all right, well, that was your number four, Nolita. What's yeah, your number three? So, my number three is another classic um, musical, and that is Singing in the Rain. It's not one that I've seen, so hence it's not on my list. It's probably the, out of all the musicals, the, the one that, you know, is my biggest gap in terms of mm. in, in these movies that I haven't seen for sure. So, and it's not on my list. Have you watched it or? I have, but it has been a very, very, I, I definitely have to go back and watch it. Yeah. That's why it didn't make my list, because I know, I do remember like how great this yeah. movie Right is, after Seven Brides for Seven yeah. Brothers, you do the double feature, <laughs> you're popping scene with the rain, so. Yep. Um, so this movie is set in the time where film was going from um, silent movies to talkies. Um, Gene Kelly's character, Don Lockwood, is the star of the silent film era with Lena Lamont. Um, they basically want them both to move over to talkies. The only problem is Lena Lamont has a terrible speaking voice. And so they need to find someone to 
be her voice, basically, which um, they find in Debbie Reynolds' character, Kathy, and basically Kathy and Don fall in love and Lena gets very jealous and and um, wants to sort of tear them apart. But um, this movie, like, you've got obviously this, the title song, Singing in the Rain, which is just done absolutely brilliantly with by Gene Kelly, but... It's kind of like this movie is the quintessential musical in the sense that you've got the mix of the dancing and the singing in there. So like you've got like the proper dancing that you don't really see a lot in movie musicals as much anymore, I don't think. Like, um, but like it's just absolutely brilliant performances from Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, um, Donald O'Connor as Cosmo. He's like the, I guess, the comedic part of the movie is just absolutely incredible but um Lena Lamont is the character that I've always wanted to play like she is my dream <laughs> role because I've never been the, the perfect singer but I reckon I could pull her off I'd love to do it uh, she's just so funny um and even though like she's kind of the villain of the movie she's just absolutely amazing and it's, it's just a character that's always stood out to me when I did acting for like four or five years, I uh, I was the villain a fair bit. I think you'd be a good villain on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thanks. you got that little that little <laughs> evil mean streak. Yeah. <laughs> I performed villain multiple times on stage. She is a villain. Uh, okay, yeah, so. But yeah, I haven't seen this movie, but obviously everybody knows Singing in the Rain. It's a, just a great scene, and again, mind you, of, of golden age cinema, so it's definitely one I need to put on my list. You've also got Make and Laugh. There's, uh, that's from this movie, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, that's from Jack. Uh, but yeah, there's some um, some iconic moments, and obviously a great performance by Gene Kelly. You can tell that just from you know from everything you've heard over the years and from that iconic scene of Singing in the Rain. It's, it's one that's going to stand the test of time, and I definitely need to go back and, and check out this movie. Yeah, that's the same for me. I definitely have to rewatch this movie. Um, yeah, because I just know there's gonna there's so many good dance and um, singing numbers in this that, and you just have a good time watching it. Because mm. we have what we did go back and watch a few small clips out of yeah. the movie, um, and it just yeah it just makes you do want to go back and watch it. But yeah, definitely I will go back and watch this one. And All right. I'll enjoy it. That was your number three, and I'll let us watch your number two. My number two was Mamma Mia 2. Which, which we've we already discussed. About. Yep. Yep. All right, well, that means we're up to our number ones. Um, and you know, I'm sure, I don't know if we're all going to have different opinions, but uh, I'm sure we may. And uh, we may as well get, just come jump straight into it. I'll get into mine. It's one that uh, Megan had on her list. And really, we both, me and Noletta, both know what our number ones are going to be. It's Megan's that's a real mystery. So we might leave Megan's to last. Um, but my number one is one of my all-time time favorite movies. I saw it with Noletta for the first time when I watched this movie back in cinemas in 2016. It is La La Land, which was your number two, Megan, and yeah. uh, your number eight, Noletta. So, um, yeah, I mean, what is there to say about this movie? When I went and w- watched it for the first time, I didn't know what to expect. But uh, Damien Chazelle, he was an, a kind of upcoming director and done too much. And, you know, there were some recognizable stars in Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, but... You know, you always hope for the best, and uh, as such a fan of, of golden age Hollywood and, and, and just Hollywood in general, I went into this movie um, full of expectation. It definitely delivered from the opening number to Another Day of Sun, which uh, at the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. I was like, "What is, is this going to be the whole movie? What's happening right now? Um, but over time, I've grown to love that performance. Um, but yeah, you talk about chemistry, and, and Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone have chemistry more than anyone, um, well, most people I've, I've seen in movies together. It's just... Yeah 
phenomenal. Um, you've got a great supporting cast. You've got people like uh, Rosemary Jewett and J.K. Simmons in this thing. But really, it is the story, um, the love story between Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone who have to balance their love with their rising careers and have to really decide what is more important to them, their careers. Uh, Ryan Seb wants to... Uh, open a jazz club and wants to fulfill that dream that he's had and, and Emma Stone's character Mia wants to be a she's a rising she's trying to be a rising actress in Hollywood while she's working at a coffee store and she has all these failed auditions and she's starting to give up on that dream but as their kind of love grows so does their success and they really have to choose which one's more important to them and um, because sometimes in life you can't have everything and it really just shows you to, it's a story of sacrifice um, and a story of love and um you know, the cinematography in this movie by Chazelle, the way he's able to capture Hollywood is um, is amazing. And, um, you know, he really encapsulates that kind of dreamy, you know, um, landscape of Hollywood and how everybody wants to be there. And it's kind of a magical place. Now, uh, it shows you kind of the, the realistic kind of Hollywood as well. But the way he's able to direct those dreamy sequences are great. You've also got... Um, some fantastic performances. City of Stars is one of one of my favourite songs that won the Academy Award. It's a great performance. But my favourite scene in this movie is actually <clears throat> actually a lovely night as I'm losing my voice as I'm talking. <laughs> a lovely night as I needed water. Jeez, my voice went. Um, but yeah, I mean that performance, them dancing um, up there in Hollywood. It's just a, a timeless scene, and um, you can just see, yeah, you can just see the chemistry between them and. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite movies. I've talked about it at length before um, with you, Noletta, in particular. Megan, it's your number two. What did you think of this movie? Yeah, so this one, between my number one and number two, this is like a really hard decision, but this is literally like one of my favorite movies um, and soundtracks um, for a musical. So, yeah, just like I said, it's, it's just such a great movie to watch. And the love story, um, choosing their career or their love, it's just like... You just, your, your heart tears for them <laughs> during this movie. And it's surprising because the opening scene really captured me in. Because mm -hmm. that's what I'm, like the colour, yeah. like what they're all wearing and just like the energy. It, it had just, a huge energy. But oh, when, I, when I first watched away. it, I was like, do I want to see this for two and a half hours? But the rest of the movie <laughs> isn't like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and one of my favourite parts, uh, or one of my favourite songs is the audition, The Fools Who Dream. Um absolutely just love love that song um and the performance emma stone was just absolutely incredible um so as was um ryan gosling but i just absolutely loved um emma stone in this movie um and the part where she's auditioning and then like gets interrupted during it and she's like do i keep going it's just like just, I, I, I just love it i love i absolutely love this um this this movie and it was very close to being my number one. Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, like, I'm such a hopeless romantic, though, so the ending just gets me. Like, I just, Breaks you. Oh, yeah, it just, yeah. So, I, like, and I just, I like to think that they get back together when she goes and sees him at, at the end of his little <laughs> jazz club. Like, they're going to get back together, guys. It's going to be okay. That vision of what their life could have been yeah, together as yeah, well. It's that just... scene is just so well done. Like, yeah. But, um, it's yeah, it's just an absolutely beautiful movie. And um, I think it's going to be another musical from a very mo like from the modern times that will be remembered for a very long time as well. Yeah. 
And it should have won Best Picture. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was robbed. It yeah. was robbed. It's not Here's fair. to the fools that who dream. By the way, we lost. Uh, great. That was that was the test of time of Academy Award uh, yeah, no. shows. Uh, but yeah, it, it got robbed without a shadow really, of a doubt because really did. I don't know how this movie didn't win Best Picture. But I love I love uh, La La Land and yeah, I mean for me it's it's if I'm watching a musical, I'm putting on La La Land and um, you know. I'm going to feel all those emotions again. I'm going to be broken. I'm going to stop believing in life. Um, but, you know, that, that's what happens when you put on the You believe in the best, but then you want to kill yourself. So, uh, all right, Megan, what's your number one? Are we doing one next? Uh, no, Noella. We're doing, yes, Noella. That's right. We changed the order. Okay, Noella. So, my number one, as you probably all guessed, is Greece. It was Megan's Yay. number three. It's my number six. Noella, it's your yep. number one. So, this had to be my number one. I was tossing and turning between this and Mamma Mia 2, but this had to be my number one because it's been my childhood favourite for like so long. And um, so basically this is the story of Denny and Sandy. They meet on a summer vacation in Australia. Then she moves to, comes over to America for some reason and goes to his school and realises that Denny is not really the, the guy that she fell in love with while on this summer vacation so they're both trying to wrestle with the fact like whether they change for each other or what which i mean obviously not the uh greatest values in <laughs> 2022 now i guess or 2021 when we started filming this um but it's still just a fun movie the songs are great i hopelessly devoted some are loving there are so worse things I can do. Like this, oh, like my my whole dream, my whole life was to be in this movie, and then I finally got to be in it and played Frenchie, and it was the greatest experience of my life. I loved every second of it, and I would one hundred percent go back and do it again. What character would you play again? Um, Rizzo. Rizzo. I love Rizzo. She's my yeah, favorite in the whole thing. So, yep. It's just, I mean, like if if you haven't seen Grace by now, you need to go out and watch it because. I mean, it's weird, like, there's a flying car at one point at the end <laughs> for absolutely no reason at all. It's because yeah. Sandy was dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that, yeah. Those, those theories about it. But um, but if anyone hasn't watched it, everyone has at least sung Yeah, sung everyone the knows the songs. Yeah, like, the melody. It's played at every party. Yeah, every, every, every wedding, <laughs> every, karaoke. every karaoke, there's always someone who gets up and does a Grease song. I mean, I'm usually that person, yeah. so always getting up and do do summer loving. <laughs> That's my that's my go-to. Well, this movie's almost it's getting to fifty years old, and um, you know, obviously the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies. That it's an iconic tale. I mean, John Travolta and, and Olivia Newton-John really made them both star. I think uh, Travolta had done some acting before this, but this was really what really went putting to the stratosphere. And um, you know, you're right. Some things don't hold up. I mean, um, you've got that line: "Did she put up a fight?" There's a lot of uh, questionable lies in this movie. <laughs> Uh, but man, the song the songs are just so good, and you know it's a, it's a product of its time. We've, we've talked about this in Seven Brothers or Seven Brothers and other movies. You've got to base. It's not that you got to base, but you kind of got to think that they're from that time. It's from a bygone era, and uh, you know, obviously, a movie like that, like stuff like that, wouldn't be in movies today. But um, I think really, it's we, kind of important to still look at it though, so you can have discussions around why yeah, it's not absolutely. so good things. Things. Yeah. <laughs> but even from like um like grace live which they've redone um mm, the grace story in the last few years which is really good as well mm. um this movie is just going to stay in the conversation forever you mentioned summer loving grease lightning um my favorite song it, and no one else agrees with this is uh, actually frankie valley's grace 
the yeah. the, the, the theme song of the movie, song. and uh, I think that's a great that's song. Fun. But uh, you know, it's it's just that even from Beauty School Dropout, there's so many iconic moments and iconic scenes in this in this movie, and um, yeah. I mean, what do you say about Greece? It's, it's one of the most famous movies of all, of all time, and it, it will stay that way. And it made two careers in Hollywood at least. So, um, yeah, it's and Sandy was dead at the end. <laughs> um, yeah. So, we as we've much been discussing, it's just it's just a cult classic, really. Um, I've have seen it multiple times live and as one movie, and then singing it all the time with no letter at karaoke. Um, but yeah, you just, you just can't have a good time, like not have a good time, like watching this movie. Um, and you can't have a good a time lot. watching Grease 2. That's <laughs> yeah. right. I, I haven't seen Grease 2, but yeah. I've watched it, yeah. but, um, there is one good song, Reproduction. If, yeah. if you go, if you don't even watch the movie, just watch just that song. Watch that it's one. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just a fun time and reason why it's my number three and your number one. Mm-hmm. My number six is a little bit harsher. <laughs> yeah, but uh, still, still fantastic. Uh, all right, uh, on that note, me and you're the mystery here. Um, definitely your number one has been on anyone's list. What is your number one? So, my number one... Musical of all time. Yes, is Rent, which I absolutely love. So, in watching this, uh, in, in preparing for this list, I watched Rent for the first time and obviously... Uh, can, it, Obviously, preparing to watch Tick Team Boom as well, I thought I'd go back and watch Rent first, which I'm glad I did in yes. hindsight. So, yeah. no, let it not on your list either. Not on my list, no. But um, I've I actually watched it for the first time this year as well during during lockdown, um, and which yeah, is surprising because really. he's such a musical person. Yeah, the fact that you had yeah, to yeah. Rent yeah. till this year, I, know. I, was, I was surprised. I was yeah. very surprised. <laughs> but um, I think because when I when I watch musicals, I like to watch happy, fun musicals. So yeah. it, I knew I had to prepare myself because it's very hard topics and pretty um, sad. So Yeah, so anyone who hasn't watched it, it's pretty much it's set um, in New York um, and just a group of struggling like artists, artists yeah. you say. Yeah, um, with their, like, so they're struggling with their love lives and the effects of the AIDS um, epidemic in their community. Um, and you've got Mark, which is played by Anthony Rapp, who's an aspiring filmmaker. You've got Roger, who's an HIV positive musician and is scrambling. And they're both, so they live together and they're both scrambling for money to pay, pay rent. And that's where you get the, one of the great songs out of the, out of the movie. Um, and then you've got Tom and who falls in love with Angel, who is slowly dying of aids um and you've also got mimi who is also struggling with addiction and it's just so there it is a hard topic but it's just such an important one to to watch and understand and it it was i think it's just such a um a great um movie to really understand the lgbtqia community as well and their struggles what especially during that time if the aids are um, pandemic and like it's just and where they've come from now and how how it started and where they are now um, but yeah but as much as this uh, musical is heartbreaking it is also like heartwarming and funny um, and the soundtrack is just like you've got the opening season seasons of love which 
is just perfect. That's just you've just got the characters st- literally standing on a stage singing that song, and it's just that they're not doing anything other than just singing it, and it's just perfect. Um, and then you've got like light my candle and take me or leave me. Um, just yeah, the soundtrack's just amazing, and I love it. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest problem for me was I just don't think Chris Columbus was the right director for this. Um, I feel like because he, I don't know, obviously just before this he'd done the, like the first two Harry Potter films and he, I think he wanted to kind of go for something Break a bit, yeah, something a bit different. different like yeah. um, from those. But I just feel like it's kind of... I don't know the, the way he he filmed it it's wasn't it's not really something I would have done like um like the is just too much color for my liking like I don't know like I feel like yeah. you've got such a gritty yeah. topic that maybe he should have just gone that route and done like everything a bit more grittier as well but um instead he's like sort of tried to make it kind of light and fluffy yeah Yeah, like (laughs) but it's not really like i don't know it just kind of had this juxtaposition between the the stage so like watching the stage show and watching this there is definitely that difference there like you do get that seriousness um when it does come to that um yeah i just love this musical too much um look past that but my favorite thing about it was that they brought a lot of the the stars from the actual like Broadway show yeah. into the movie and I think that's the greatest thing like Adina Menzel Adam Pascal like they are just absolutely fantastic and they were such powerhouses in Broadway at that time obviously Adina Menzel is now huge in terms of movies as well which yeah. when I watched this but, movie the first time it was crazy that in season of love which I knew from um, like Obviously, uh, when Corey Monteith dies in Glee, it's sung in yeah. Glee. My sisters love Glee, so I knew the song from Glee, and I really like Seasons. I love the song, but when you watch the scene, it's a great scene, as Megan mentioned. Adina Menzel doesn't have a solo, and I was like, wow, why doesn't Adina Menzel have a solo? But yeah, as you said, she just had, she was only famous for musicals, really, yeah. at this point. She hadn't yeah. really yeah. went into movies until yeah. this, so... Yeah. Yeah. And, like, um, fun fact as well, Adam Pascal is in the musical in Hawkeye yeah. as well. Is he? Ah, yeah. look at that. <laughs> He's the main character in, <laughs> yeah. that, in that musical song. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, he is just such a big name in musical theatre. Like, they even have him do, like, a little bit in um, in Tick, Tick, Boom as well. Like, he comes yeah, in for a, a scene Yeah, we see three of them. You've got Angel. Yeah. And you've um, got another of them. Yeah, I can't well. remember who it was, but yeah, so um, yeah, possibly, and like it's just though I think that's probably the best thing about it because you can just tell that they know these characters like hands down. They like are just they've they've done it a lot of times, so you just yeah. you can really see that they are like seasoned and just how much they show. loved that musical yeah. for them yeah. to go to the from the Broadway yeah. and then move on to the to do mm. the movie. And that's why uh, when I watched this movie for the first time um, in preparation of Tick, Tick, Boom, I actually prefer this movie. I think it's uh, really, really good. Uh, Chris Columbus, I do have issues with the directing, like you do not let it, but that chemistry of the cast really mm. comes together. And you can tell that they, they generally enjoy working with each other. They, As you said, they know the characters inside and out. Um, there's some really good performances I like. I love the season. I love opening. I love uh, the Tango Marine. Yeah, I love... Yeah. Uh, I love Varent as well, the, the opening song. Some of the other songs are hit or miss for me, but I really enjoy the movie overall. I just personally wish when I was watching this, um, 
that. And I know that at the time, it was really ahead of its time in the 90s as the stage musical, and even in the early 2000s as a movie. But I wish that some of these topics like, um, you know, racism and um, and obviously, um, you know, the, the community of LBGT, um, they, did, I, did I butcher that? No. no. Uh, <laughs> Your pen, you're in your pen. <laughs> uh, I apologise. I apologise. It's something I do when I talk. But um, yeah, those. I, I wish that some of these issues, even like uh, poverty and homelessness, I wish that they went more into that. And I don't know if the musical does, but I don't know if the movie tackles all the issues the best. Um, they kind of concentrate on a couple, which is, is, is cool, but I just would have liked to see something which they, for the time, they again, it was really ahead of their time, but I'd like to see them go a little bit deeper with some of those topics. So um, that's what I will say about this movie, but I had a really good time watching it. I don't know if Columbus was the best director because I think that my issues with all the different themes in this movie, that it's Columbus that really struggles to kind of navigate them all um, and, and highlight the different, the different areas properly. But um, just, yeah, really fun time. And uh, you, you're right, it can be really happy one moment. It can be really dark the next and... Um, it just shows you their struggles um, at that time. So, I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed watching this movie and um, I didn't think I was going to going into it. So um, I was pleasantly surprised for sure. So, yep. That was Rent and that was our number one. So let's just do a recap now. Um, if you guys are ready, of our top 10 musicals of all time, I'll start. And at my number 10, it was Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, that kicked off this show with a bang. I mean, how else can you kick off this show? Uh, number 9, it was the 2018 A Star Is Born. Number 8, The Greatest Showman. Number 6, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Bless my beautiful hide. Number 6 was Grease. And my top 5, number 5, The Sound of Music. Number 4 was Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again. My number 3 was The Blues Brothers. Um, my number 2 was The Greatest Music of All Time, a Musical of All Time, The Wizard of Oz. But my favourite... Music of all time is my number one, which is La La Land. All right, uh, Noletta, our guest is, may as well go last, may as well finish this <laughs> off. Noletta, what is your top 10? Um, so, my number 10 was Moulin Rouge. My number nine is Rocket Man. My number eight is La La Land. My number seven was My Fair Lady. My number six is Tick Tick Boom. My number five is The Rocky Horror Picture Show. My number four is Sound of Music. Three is Singing in the Rain. Two is Mamma Mia 2. And number one is Grease. Hey, my number 10 was also Moulin Rouge. My number nine was Chicago. Number eight, Little Shop of Horrors. Number seven was Hairspray. Number six, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. And number five was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Number four, The Greatest Showman. Number three, Grease. Number two, La La Land, and number one, Rent. Boom! I think we uh, really got. We really talked about a lot of different musicals there, and um, I think there's something for everyone in those lists. I think that we we covered a lot of different bases, and uh, it's been a really fun show. Um, before we end it, let's because this portion was filmed because of the tech issues in 2022. At the start of 2022, there's a little bit of behind the scenes stuff for you at home. But uh, before we end and you know, it might come up on our next show to start 2022, which will be our top 10 movies of all time, potentially. And But it's the movie that came out on Boxing Day. We reviewed Tick, Tick, Boom in this podcast. We also are going to re do a quick review now to end the show of uh, West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg remake that came out on Boxing Day. And we talked a couple of weeks ago, and I think maybe on this podcast, on the original yeah. viewing, about how it's got so much early buzz and so much hype um, around it. 
Noletta, going into this movie, um, you know, I was really excited. We had conversations off air and I'd, I'd talked it up. I think it was on both of our top 10 at 21 and most anticipated movies of 2021. How did you find uh, the remake, the Steven Spielberg remake of West Side Story? Um, it's definitely better than the original. Um, I love a lot of the, like, way, like, the way that Spielberg did it, basically. Like, he's just such an incredible director with a lot of what he does and... Um, I feel like the things that he's changed are really great. Uh, like actually having Latino actors yes. and actresses <laughs> in the movie is probably one of the best things about it. Um, the the cast is absolutely phenomenal. I thought like they were just the, really the standouts, especially um, the girl who played Anita. She was just Arena Debose, yeah, I believe it is. She was just absolutely phenomenal in this, but um. Obviously, the story itself, um, it's like a take on, on Romeo and Juliet, and it's not the, the greatest sort of... Now, you, you just really know, like, oh, gosh, what, like, what are you doing, Maria? <laughs> like, seriously, but, um, but other than that, like, it's a, it's a great movie, I thought. Yeah, I, I, I echo those sentiments. I thought that... Uh, it's, I reckon this is potentially Steven Spielberg's best movie since Catch mm-hmm. Me If You Can, which came back yeah. all the way out in 2002. I've liked all of his recent work. I've really liked Ready Player Run. I really liked The Post. But man, I was blown away by this movie's production values, the amount of love and the amount of care. And you can tell that Spielberg and the rest of the uh, crew really uh, have a love for the original that, that runs deep. And uh, it's a shame that this movie has flopped at the box office so like it's a box office bomb. I think it's made I think it made eleven million dollars in its first week and I think it's made like twenty to this point of recording when it had a budget of a hundred million. So I hope it gets re released in cinemas where people can watch it when the award season comes out and it gets some buzz around it. Um, I think it will be the best pitching on this movie and I think that it rightfully so. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And you mentioned uh Arena Debose um and her, her performance as Anita is great. I actually think the star of this show is Rachel Zegler, and I think she's yeah, fantastic yeah. in this movie. Yeah. I didn't know her before this movie. Well, she and was discovered from this movie. From this movie, yeah. Spielberg. Um, yeah. And I think she's got roles in the upcoming Shazam 2, and she's playing Snow so White, right. a, 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 a opposite Gal Gadot, who's playing the yeah. evil queen in the Disney adaption that comes out in 2023. But, um, yeah, she, she really... So, at the start of this movie, I was really... Um, I was like, it, it's good, I like the production value, but I didn't really care about the characters until she came on screen, and she really elevates the movie for me. From that, that for starters, that uh, ballroom kind of dance scene is, is directed, like where they had the opposite sides, and they've got to stop to, to be with their partner. It's just done so well. Um, I'm, I won't get into, we're not getting into massive spoilers, so we won't go there, but... Um, yeah, I thought, thought that her and Enzel Elgart's chemistry is really good. I actually have... Minor issues with El Gort's performance when she when he's not with Maria, but I think that their chemistry back and forth is great. And I think that the whole cast from the Jets to um, the the, sh- the, sharks. the sharks, yeah, the the immigrant gang um, that have that have come over to America. I think that they've both done really well. The fight scenes, the dance scenes are, are, are so well directed, and you can just tell that there's so much love and care in this movie. And I was really blown away by the production of the AUs. I mean, this movie should win the Oscar for the best. Uh, costume design and a lot of those production awards I'm giving it to this movie mm-hmm. and uh, for all those naysayers that think that Steven Spielberg's over the hill and has been over the hill for 10 years he this proves movies, it in this yeah. movie I love The Post I love Ready Player One but this movie proves mm-hmm. that he's still got plenty left in the tank and I, I really enjoyed this movie I mean I 
had expectations and it beat those expectations. I and, and the other thing that I found really good, and I was watching the movie and I, I, I was like, who is this lady? Who is this lady that I'm watching on screen right now? Because I don't know her, but she is having such a good performance and she's almost stealing the show. Rita and that Marino. is Rita Marino yeah. as Valentina. And then I found out after the movie that she was Anita. the original Anita in yeah. the original movie. And I thought that was yeah. a great yeah. touch. So, um, yeah, I mean... Would it's, it have been on your top 10 list if we had seen this before? This movie would have been, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I might have had to reorganise re the list just to try to get Sister Act 2 still a spot because it's my <laughs> number 10. But, um, you know, uh, West Side Story, yeah, it definitely would have been there for me. I, I thought it was great. So, Megan, what did you think? Um, I absolutely love this movie. Um, it was, like you both said, it was just directed beautifully, the dancing and... And the singing scenes are just amazing. And just the lighting. I absolutely yes. adored the lighting. Yeah. That's so one thing well. that I just absolutely loved. He just nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And like, um, it was just, I just fell in love with this movie, just watching it. And you just, you do feel, you do start to really um, attach to the characters. Mm -hmm. um, it does take a little bit, but I think that's just the, just how the musical is. Um, but yeah, like you both said, it was just I absolutely I would have probably put this in my top ten if I did what like we did this after. But um, yeah, amazing, absolutely loved it. We uh, we'll talk about the Oscars when we get closer to it in a couple of months' time. No letter, but Jane Campion's the, the favorite for a director. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that Spielberg's getting enough credit for just directing yeah, in this movie because yeah. I think that. Um, he does such a... From the very first frame of this movie, you're transported to that era of New York. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, you feel like you're a part of that world. And I, I just think that if I'm giving our best director out of the movies I've seen so far, I'm giving it to Spielberg. Yeah, I think too, actually. I, like, yeah, from from that first little clip at the start, yeah. I was yeah. hooked. I was like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. this I'm is I'm already this transported yeah. to this yeah. world yeah. of, uh, of what was it, 50, is it, is it yeah, yeah, 50s, 50s, 50s New York? Yeah, 50s yeah. New York. And you just feel it straight away. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're giving this a rating out of 10... Uh, what are you giving this one, guys? Megan, we'll start with you. Um, I'll be giving it an eight. Uh, yeah, an eight. I'm going to go a nine. I, I yeah. think that Spielberg, as I said, I think this is near the top of his game. I think it's the best he's been in years. And I I really, really enjoy this movie. So yeah. Another thing that I did really enjoy as well is that there was no captions for the Spanish. Ah, it's such a, such a different choice that we don't really yeah. see. And it, it yeah. worked. It was yeah, so it fitting. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was, I had no, no problems with it at all. I know that was a huge thing going into the movie. And it's controversial. Like, Some people really don't like yeah, it when they've seen it. But, um, but you can tell I thought it was perfect. Like the things that they're trying to get out just by their facial. If anything, I think it elevates those yeah. scenes yeah. not having the... Yeah, the because there, you've yeah. got that diverse, you know, the diverse uh, themes and the and the race issues in this movie that yeah. that just, especially when the police are talking to them as well and they're, yeah. and they're speaking in Spanish, you don't, you know, it, it's not, it's quite clear that they're saying, we don't know exactly what they're saying and yeah. you can see the police getting frustrated. Such a, such a awesome choice by Spielberg and when you think about it, how many other directors are, are going to choose to we'll do something like that? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. so. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that quickly as well. Like, I think that was just such a great choice to be respectful as well yeah um, yeah there was no need for the captions and i'm glad that he chose that that route for that it'll be reason. interesting because when it comes out on I, I don't think they will but they do you reckon they'll have captions when it comes out on like blu-ray 4k or mm. like because if you got the subtitles you turn the subtitles on will yeah, there be captions yeah. for those it's interesting they're not yeah. only be captions they might for them put there it in spanish they could yeah. yeah even if it is you do caption it in yeah. english you could just yeah Interesting. Sweet, awesome. Um, but yeah, that was our review of West Side Story, and that is our top ten musicals of all time. 
we recorded this in December, we recorded it in January, we finally got to the end of it, guys. Um, Megan, thank you for being a guest on the show. I mean, I know you've been waiting for a long time for the episode to drop, but I hope you had a really good experience uh, on what have we been watching despite the production issues we faced this episode. No, yeah, it was, it was great to even come back and discuss our top, um, just some of our musicals again and review West Side Story because we were um, pretty much all excited for that mm-hmm. one anyway. So that no, was a great, great time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. No, let it, anything you want to say? You, do you have a good time uh, on the show? Obviously, it's passion yeah. uh, of yours, the I musical love, genre. I love musicals. So, yeah, this is, I'm in my element talking about them all. It gets me very excited. I feel like there's such an underappreciated like, art form in terms of movies and more people should watch them because they're great. Well, absolutely, I agree. Um, just my experience discovering all of these musicals for the first time, I had a great time, and um, yeah, it was a really entertaining list. Uh, that is what have we been watching uh, for today. We, because uh, we're dropping this at the start of 2022, it means our top 10 movies uh, just around the corner, they'll be released in a couple of days. Um, we're recording this uh, on, a, on a Tuesday morning. We're about to get into our top 10 movies. We're about to record those no letters. So that's going to be a, a really fun show. But thank you guys for listening to the show today. We've got plenty of great content coming your way. Even we've got some reviews coming out. Uh, Cobra Kai, we've got a review. We've got a review Hawkeye. We might even review The Witcher. Um, as TV season has really kicked into high gear in the last couple of months. Um, but yeah, please go like the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whoever you guys listen to your favorite podcasts each and every week. And we'll see you next time on What Have We Been Watching.